0: That'd be interesting for a 50s band, the Spinsters, with their songs. I was too fussy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for the right one to come along.
0: And sorting doilies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyone need some baking?
0: (laughs) More cat trouble. (laughs) All
1: right. Their biggest hit, I Stayed Late at (laughs) Church. Oh, even sadder, even sadder. I cleaned up after the wedding.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is Fill in the Blank. <laughs> And I'm Ian Boothby.
0: Oh, okay. That's, so it's a choose your own adventure. Choose this your own adventure.
1: Choose your own host this okay. week. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. And if you want to hear David host, uh, stay listening now. If you want to hear me host, go ahead, 12 minutes. <laughs> Did you go 12 minutes? Oh, you fell down a hole and died. That's oh, how no. all those freaking books were for me.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right?
0: like, yeah. What, what way do you want to go? No, oh, that way had the bear. Mm. Well, you got killed. The end.
1: My feeling about those books, if I is I, I was very excited by the idea of them as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. I thought that well, this is great, right? Because there's like infinite variations on this, and then it turns out that it's really the most mundane plotting, and and it's it's nothing that thrilling, and it's one of those sort of things where it feels like it'll, it'll be fun if someone does the work, mm-hmm. and then it's not, mm-hmm. you know. So I I have to say that I think I read one of those, and then I, which I got with my on my Scholastic. Uh, the little brochure you'd get in class, you know, with the order form, with the various, you know, very the come-ons to make it sound like this this is a book for me. You mean that's the kind
0: of thing that you would find, say, like, Sparks Future Perfect on?
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. If you, Yeah, nowadays, I think they're probably a lot better. Mm. But when we were kids, they were strictly books. There was no no graphic novels in those days. No.
0: And you would, uh, yeah, you would occasionally have something that was just like all pictures, but it would be, you know, that's too fast to read.
1: Yeah, it'd something like Ripley's Believe It or Not or Yeah True Facts About Canada. I seem to remember. Maybe There's one I got about one. an
0: owl, and it was just like a silent story about an owl's mm. day. Okay. yeah, you know, who gives a hoot? <laughs> it was not the title of it, but could have been.
1: It was pretty rare that I could convince my parents to shell out for, for scholastic books, though. It happened a couple of times, and I don't know if I had the best taste for choosing.
0: No, you're not supposed to. You're a kid.
1: <laughs> I guess. Yeah. they it seemed interesting, and then I would get them, and I'd be like, well... You know, I remember choosing one that was about a, a ghost living in, a like, a old hotel or whatever. Somewhere in New England, I think, and then...
0: Was it, it a Gordon uh, Lightfoot-based uh, uh, story?
1: <laughs> no, it was not Gordon Lightfoot. Is there a, is there a ghost? Is he a, a ghost? As another? long as I'm
0: a ghost that you can't see. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is that... Oh, that's if that you song. you could read my mind like Yeah, that. yeah. I don't think he's... No, this is like a ghost that's, you know, like a guy... Hanging around in an oh, old White hotel. a guy. I don't think he's hanging around in an old hotel, though. And well, can't leave. Hang around with uh, for people to show uh, Leonard up.
0: Cohen, and Leonard was a, Cohen was a hotel.
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's true.
0: And, and, There's a lot of good Canadian uh, musical <laughs> references so far in this episode. <laughs> hey, did that story have any bare-naked ladies
1: in it? It did not. Oh, okay, very it good. Then. And then I got <laughs> another book about a kid who's shrunk down and lives with bees.
0: Oh, wait. That sounds like something. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds familiar. That Does one. it? Yeah. I yeah, like that. I know there was like, later on, there was one about a, a kid who like uh, tortured ants and then uh, had to go and live with ants. So did he, how did he get shrunk down?
1: I can't remember the whole, it's been a long time. It was like grade four that I read that book. I do remember I used
0: to get this series of books and it was called I Want to Know About Books. I think there was like 20 of them in the series each one of them had, like, three topics and it was information on something. Oh, I
1: see. I, I want to know about dot, dot, dot. Dots, dot, books. dot, dot. Okay.
0: And there were hardcover books and they would, like, give you uh, information on three different topics. And mm. one of them was bees, was mm. one of the first ones. And they showed the inside of a beehive and I thought, like, man, that would be fun to live in a beehive. I just thought, like, just as a kid, it was just like, mm, just walking around inside a beehive. Pretty good. <laughs> Don't know why, but that just really appealed to me.
1: Now that I now that I've seen a beehive, I realize you can't just walk around in one. It's pretty, pretty yeah, pretty cluttered and congested. Of, they make it work. <laughs>
0: well, did you see Bee Movie? I mean, the, 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 that looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, his romantical entanglements with a woman.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. You know, I think that's the kind of movie that later people are going to be like, you know, that's a weird ass fun movie. <laughs> You know, we—I don't know what we expected. If we expected Pixar, and it wasn't Pixar, so yeah. we weren't happy. But yeah. we're like, that's just a weird—that's a weird perspective on a movie. I'm o- I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> I didn't mind it. I yeah, I was all right with it. it at
0: the time. Uh, by the way, eighteen volumes of I Want to Know About books.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. What I remember are the were they like one not Wonder books, but uh, How and Why Wonder books. I think they were called. Okay. Those were there were things like dinosaurs and and. Another interesting thing. Other interesting things to young people. Trains. The How and Why Wonder Book of Geology. Okay. Other such interesting... I don't know if geology counts as an interesting topic. that no, could be an interesting you know, topic. You know, I think you know. if you're interested in it, there's
0: lots of those things. I wanted to see what the, uh, the, the this, this bee uh, book you were talking about was. Mm. Boy Who Shrinks Down and Lives with Bees. Let's see.
1: Are you going to look it up? Yeah, uh-huh. of course I'm
0: going to look it up. I, think, I mean, I'm, I'll tell you, Owl Magazine... Mm. used to have like a regular feature where it was three kids and they would shrink down yeah. and have like uh, shrinky adventures, but it was all about nature. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so they would do stuff like, like dumb, dumb would like go and like get stuck in a, w- a water uh, bead and be like drowning. And okay. Have to save stupid <laughs> from the thing.
1: Yeah. We well, gotta have, we gotta have a character who's uh who causes things. To yeah. Happen.
0: It, it explains water pressure. And like, you know, if you get stuck in a water mm-hmm. drop, you're fucked.
1: <laughs> uh, the thing about like how and why wonder books and other such books that you loved as a kid is that you maybe had three of them mm-hmm. if you were lucky. And then what happens is you when you're an adult, you find them like in thrift shops and then you buy a whole bunch of them because, so you have way more of them than you ever had as a kid. And you probably, like, kind of cursorily look over them, but you don't, like, read them with the intensity that you read your why and Why Wonder Book of Dinosaurs when yeah. you were a kid and learned all about, you know, Everything. Ankylosauruses and things like that. And, you, you know, you, which, you know, and then that's why as an adult you're, like, outraged when they start disappearing dinosaurs that you loved so much as a kid. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, Triceratops didn't look like this. It actually had, like, you know, 15 horn sticking out of it and it looked like this You're like what and yeah. they probably had feathers this is outrageous that's right
0: yeah and just large genitalia flopping around yeah. like oh what are you doing to me here and glasses because they were all nerds yeah like oh no it's very disappointing
1: that's right and they're like diplodocus no one believes no one there's no diplodocus anymore just things like that to your much to your dismay that you, you memorized all these dinosaur names as a kid and now now you're you're out of date already
0: yeah, the the book that was the Honeybees one was the second one, and that's the one that hooked me. Mm. The first one was Animal Babies, Sounds We Hear, and Moon, Sun, and Stars. Okay. Which is where I learned as a kid, hey, you know, the stars are bigger than the moon. Which oh. was ridiculous. <laughs> Clearly they're not, right? You know that's not true. Sure. Like, you could tell me the moon is bigger than the sun, and I'd be like, maybe... I don't know. I don't see them together much. <laughs> so possibly, but what you're telling me the stars. You're telling me so. So so. Guess sure. who went to school with that information and tried to spread the good word about how uh, stars are bigger than the moon? Yeah. And who got like just torn apart by
1: the youths? But you have to admit that if it had been the shoe had been on the other foot, you would have been part of the tearing apart gang because you would have been outraged at the idea that what do you mean stars are bigger than the moon?
0: Yeah. Who's Infuri- this idiot? Infuriated. You probably
1: get stuck in raindrops. This guy.
0: Uh, the second book was the one that hooked me because that was honeybees, mm-hmm. but also pebbles and shells. And look, who gives a shit? Honestly, pebbles and shells. I
1: had a I I well, I have the How and Why Wonder Book of Shells.
0: All right, that's fine. <laughs> and then the third, yeah. So it was like three things always. So it was honeybees, yeah. pebbles and shells, and little Eskimos, which would not be the name no, now, obviously.
1: It would be big Eskimos because you don't want yeah. like, big people diminish.
0: That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, like, you know, you could say, like, afterwards, who would win in a fight between any of them?
1: I think the bees. <laughs> the bees would. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They get pretty loggy fighting in the in the Arctic.
0: Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, where are we fighting? Are we fighting in the Arctic? I or think it would fight- have to
1: be in, in yeah. Okay. I think that's only fair.
0: Honestly, I feel like if you can fight off a, a polar bear, a honeybee, maybe the, <laughs> it's not that big worst. a deal. Yeah, not that big a deal to you.
1: <laughs> and in the winter, you know, it's, or in the summertime, it's you know, just you're inundated by black fly. So really, like honey, a bee would just be a walk in the park.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, okay. And by the time you got to like the later volumes, you're getting your baby and you. What? I'm pregnant by this point.
1: Well, <laughs> it's getting you ready for for adult life. It's preparing so. you for what's a coming.
0: This is not a million miles away from the topics we would have on Popular Mechanics for kids when I was writing for it. So
1: you, sh- you should have uh, you should have been reading those books and boring a little bit of uh, info. I shoulda. I should have been doing that, <laughs> even just even just stealing the t- the, to- the topics.
0: My favorite thing that I ever wrote for on there and researched mm-hmm. for yeah. was uh, building a site um, uh, a self sustaining uh, aquarium. Oh yeah, so you have to have like three elements, and I forget the three elements, but one was like an animal, like a snail, okay. and one was like you know you had to have some algae, and then you had to have like a third thing. Okay, and if you had those three things in a tank, yeah, you just walk away, Jack. You're fine. It just keeps. <laughs> Just keeps basically right? taking care so of itself. So you don't need to have like an
1: aerator or anything like that. No, in there?
0: it just takes care of itself. Hmm. Nature just goes. nah, eh, I'm on it. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> you've gotta do some stuff at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but uh, but for like you know weeks, just like done. Just leave it on your shelf, hmm. and uh, everything uh, takes care of itself. It was, it was good. People people made it. They took pictures of it. It was fun.
1: I was reading that one of those Scandinavian Scandinavian countries. I'm not too sure which one is going to ban the glass fishbowl as a as a thing, I guess because fish. Okay, why is that? Because fish die in them.
0: Okay.
1: I guess people don't know they what,
0: die too soon. Well, people don't know. Numbers.
1: I guess people, yeah, people don't know they need to change the water in order okay. to keep keep it fresh for the fish.
0: It almost feels like you would need a a better way. Would be like you need to just have some training or a license or something. Like it feels like yeah. a European country would like to give you a license. <laughs> and if you got, wouldn't fish that be license. nice to have a little fish
1: license? Yeah. And fish. just like
0: I have a license where I can mm-hmm. uh, have fish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. You have to go in and write a test.
0: I mean, I remember what we used to... Ugh, it feels it feels real shitty. Uh now, but like uh, you know, we'd be like playing in the uh waiting pools. We'd have a wading pool, mm-hmm. and that would be a thing we'd do as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have this thing like every once in a while where it's just like grab your own goldfish and they'd pour a bunch of goldfish in there and you'd have to like what? scoop up goldfish. But then like I remember like almost immediately afterwards someone then threw a bunch of soap in the water. And then like all these goldfish died. Yeah. You felt shitty about it. And also, we'd scoop up the goldfish and then you got now you gotta take care of this goldfish, right? And like we're dumb kids. And like how many of us were able to m- take that goldfish all the way home mm-hmm. in a cup and not spill it because we're idiots? I'm calling us I'm calling a lot of people idiots, including myself <laughs> But yeah, it was so a, judgy. That was how loosey goosey we were with goldfish life back then. It was yeah. just like, Fuck it. Fill up uh, <laughs> fill up a swimming pool with these guys and uh, yeah, go for it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't... I never had anything like that ever happen to me. I don't... You're talking about it as if it was like a regular... It was like a Canadian tradition. (laughs) I don't know. It was was an Eastern Canada thing. Maybe it was an Eastern Canada thing. Because we
0: definitely did it in Ontario, and we definitely did it in Quebec.
1: Okay. I've Uh, never heard of it.
0: Now, what I would think, like... And again, I've got the memory of them putting soap in the water, because, you know, what what were you thinking? Like, dum-dums. Yeah. Um, But if they didn't put soap in the water, and they left some goldfish in there, Mm -hmm. I could see that being okay, because then... Uh, raccoons would just go, mm, and they'd uh, have a snack. I don't
1: think they need. Are you saying the raccoons are attracted to soap?
0: <laughs> no, no. I'm saying the raccoons would like normally eat the goldfish anyway. Oh, so okay, they would take care of the goldfish. You wouldn't have like goldfish growing to be enormous sizes. Oh, I see.
1: I see. Yeah. Or, but without the soap, you mean?
0: That's right. Without the soap. So okay. I'm I, saying I, without the soap. I thought
1: you meant because the idea that raccoons wash their hands, which is not strictly true, but because they like to, you know. Yeah. Wash their food to scheme. P- to soften it and they scheme like a little scheme. bit. They they would be attracted to the pool because had soap in it no. they wash their hair.
0: No, they are very. Uh, yeah, they, they do their oh my hair God, as well. got some soap. And they're washing their little, their hair, and one of them asks yeah. the other for a date, and like you know, it's Saturday night. I got to wash mm-hmm. my hair.
1: You know what else will take care of the, your goldfish in a in a pool like that is uh, birds.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Birds will. Heron uh, will come
1: of them. by. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, look at that! Yep. Look at that glinting in the water.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. Here they I will. come. <laughs> they will. And frankly, I'm sure the goldfish were feeder fish from the pet store that would have ended up being fed to something else as well. Yeah. Look, fish got a bad. Life. There's no.
1: You know what. We've got a bad life. There's so many goldfish, we eat them as crackers.
0: There you go. Good point. Yeah. Like I'm not a big fan of boiling anything alive. Yeah. So like, I don't like that. I like you're going to kill a lo- kill a lobster fast and then like put it in the pot. Sure, sure. But but there's no lobsters or fish that are in the ocean that are like on their deathbed, surrounded by their loved ones, holding their hands with their fish minister, you know, making their peace with God and then just like passing away. Yeah. Going no regrets. I was like no. Every death in the ocean is terrible. <laughs>
1: You're right You're right They all uh, They all pass away And then That one poor goldfish Going Rosebud Yep <laughs> and, then and he just lets A bit of roe Falls <laughs> out of his own. <laughs> rolls away <laughs> Yeah
0: I wow. like it By the way You look very Star Trek today
1: I look very Star Trek? You boy. look
0: very Captain Pike Right now
1: Yeah uh, Why? Because I'm wearing yellow?
0: Uh, yeah Your shirt looks If you put like a Star Trek emblem On your chest You, uh-huh. would, you would have a very Star trek shirt hmm. Yeah. Okay. You got, and you've got the same hair color as uh, uh, Captain Pike, who's the new. Uh,
1: Do you uh, mean starter. Anson Mount?
0: I don't know. Why would I say something radically different like that?
1: Who's Anson Mount? Anson. Anson. Mount. I think was the guy who plays Captain Pike oh, in he? the new thing. Is he
0: here. also the guy who played uh, Black Bolt? Mm hmm. Okay, then yes. Yeah. And there were worse people to be compared to, frankly. Sure. That guy's a big bag of handsome.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I
1: watched the first. I'll ep- take I'll take your compliment for him.
0: I watched the first episode of Strange New Worlds and uh, good.
1: Is it a is that a Star Trek thing?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: You liked like it? It's like,
0: but it's Star Trekky.
1: But you were like, a huge fan of the last one, though. I was. Yeah. Of what? I don't know what it's called. Discovery. Discovery. Ooh. <laughs> is that over with now?
0: No, I think it's still. Oh, it's still on going. Fine. Yeah. You I mean Star Trek Discovery, where they like go, oh, look at the fucking Klingons or so whatever. Like <laughs> it was just it's like they just swore out of nowhere after yeah, one. It was yeah. just like. What, what are you
1: doing? Mm-hmm. What's happening But now? they did that on Picard as well, didn't they? Just maybe. But that came the later. Bombs?
0: I guess. Yeah. There's, there's like a, a universe where Star Trek swear. But it feels like <laughs> they got past those swear words, or at least they would have invented new swear words. It's weird.
1: Yeah, because we're used to the old shows. So it's hard to correlate those two things, I guess.
0: Maybe. Okay, let me throw this out by... As someone
1: who hasn't watched a lot of it, maybe I should watch... He,
0: you should watch Strange New Worlds, it's good, because it's, it's old-timey Star trek it's good.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, I love old-time Star Trek.
0: Well, but good, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, the, you know what
1: they're doing? Okay. Uh, here's <laughs> here's, here's my
0: doing. theory for okay. why there's no swears, but now there's swears. You
1: mean they watched the Orville and said, maybe we should be doing this? Well, swe- Orville doesn't
0: say fuck, because they're like... Uh, no, 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 I, meant, 8 o'clock I didn't mean TV. swearing,
1: I meant storylines and stuff like that. Oh, could
0: be, could be. But here's my here's my theory on why there's no swears. Okay. Uh, because th- my theory is, cause I don't think that everybody on the enterprise is speaking the same language. I think the universal translator is on because but, you're not, do go- they have
1: a universal translator?
0: Yeah. Because when they go to other planets, okay. everyone speaks English. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So they got a universal translator going yeah. and I'm sure the universal translator, if your idea is you're going to another planet. Uh, to you know, in the spirit of diplomacy, they probably have a filter on there where when you first go, fuck, like it, it edits and goes, gosh darn it, yeah, you yeah. know. So, so they probably have sure. that going on the ship. Yeah. So even though they just all got hit by you know a Romulan thing, and they're all going fuck, 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 um, the translates to captain, 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 or whatever it is. It yeah, Translates. Yeah. yeah. But in the earlier. You know things like on Discovery, yeah. Uh, they don't have the translator going, so you oh, know okay. you're actually saying fuck. Or on Picard, <laughs> yeah. he's not on the ship anymore. That's right. So he's just like on his own planet. So you know you can swear if he wants, or show his uh, show his wiener if he wants. <laughs> Is,
1: uh, isn't he on the planet Earth? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, but he's got his own like uh, vineyard.
1: Yeah. So you know you're
0: on your vineyard. You can swear if you want. Knock yourself
1: out. When does when does that story take place? Like what what is the year of Picard? Do You know,
0: I guess approximately whatever age um, Patrick Stewart is. Uh, take that age and uh, and what was Picard last time you saw him? That's the difference, probably. I think he ages in. real
1: time. Okay. I guess we don't know because they say start date, right? So we don't really know what the actual yeah. time. But everyone
0: frame is. ages. About the same amount that they aged since the last time we saw them, so I think it's just like whatever the time. I I,
1: was I'm just wondering, like, what the likelihood of with the world po- with the world's population in that time of someone having a vineyard doesn't seem very likely.
0: Well, they do a lot of retro stuff. They got jazz still. <laughs> All right, you think they would have evolved beyond jazz?
1: Why? And you think they would a Why would key- you evolve beyond jazz? I think you'd maybe you evolve uh, into jazz because jazz has always been a minority taste. Okay, I shouldn't say that because, but I mean, like. Non dance jazz has always been a minority taste. So there's, I, we assume that you know at some time in the future we'll have evolved enough that we can appreciate it. Okay, maybe. And we'll be like, I know oh, there's no,
0: I, cu- there's no cure for baldness.
1: Maybe there's no cure. Maybe maybe there was a cure for vanity. Ah, no. Think you've seen that? Kirk <laughs> after vanity. after him.
0: Oh, after him? Yeah. They won't better cure of vanity. Yeah, yeah. Riker. Riker seems a very pretty vain guy. Does he? I think so. He played jazz, though. Yeah, he's got both things going.
1: <laughs> both problems. I don't know if he could be vain and play jazz.
0: Okay, but you don't think that there would still be
1: a market for wine? No, no. I think there'd be a market for wine. I just don't think there'd be space with a well, po- human population.
0: Here's my question about it, that.
1: At, I mean, what? at that time, like I don't know, maybe they can ba-
0: control. They can control their you know business. I'm sure. I'm sure they have as many babies as they want to. Well, you can take babies into space, space babies.
1: <laughs> space babies, yeah,
0: yeah. sure, you can space baby it up. All right. Uh, but I here. guess
1: they have spread out into the universe, so that's relieved relieve population pressures. But
0: if you're like Picard, yeah. and you got like a, a vineyard, yes. uh, do you, you don't pay for land, I guess, because there's no money. So who determines like who gets... Why that? is there no money? Oh, they don't have money in the future.
1: Oh, how does he own a vineyard?
0: That Hence my question. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I think like his family's had it for generations.
1: But how do they? So... yeah.
0: Exactly. So oh, well, how happens, do you get? Do why do you, you get to keep it? Yeah, and who gets the wine? Like, do you just give it away? What do you do? Or is why there... would you even
1: do it? Because isn't there those simulators or whatever that make food? Yeah, but
0: that's not as good.
1: Oh, it's not as good. No. Do people no. always say that? I always see yeah, on the show that not...
0: the simulated food isn't as.
1: Good. Oh, okay. That always seems like they're like getting tea out and they're perfectly happy with it. They don't go like sip. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Well, they're busy. <laughs> <laughs> they have. They they're have... on
1: a spaceship. What, yeah, what you're an saying an is they're on a spaceship.
0: An infinite being is just them back into time. Let
1: me answer my Moriarty own question. Moriarty is like on the
0: bridge, <laughs> trying to kill you.
1: Let me answer my own question. They're on a ship. Yeah, they're getting the best they can in a in a yeah, limited like ecosystem. you go, to yeah, the, you yeah. go on
0: uh, BC ferries. Sure, you know you're, you're not out, your like, well What's what's the, well, this fish and chips? It's not the best. And it's like yeah, you're on a ferry. <laughs> Just have a, some chowder and shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, no, it's right. I mean, the same way that when you were on a sailing ship. You know, in the past, and you're eating hardtack because yeah. all the other supplies were gone, and you know the only protein we're getting was from all the weevils infested in the in, in the uh, in the biscuits and stuff like that. You know, I'll you even say this: ate it. You didn't. You didn't complain.
0: You were on a WestJet flight and you got like a meal. How was it? Not great, but it was fine. You were eating in the sky. It yeah, was fine. <laughs> it's- yeah. You know, I mean, it's scalding fact, hot. There's no room to move your elbows. Yeah. You can't work your way around. You've got a piece of bread. <laughs> you don't know what to do with that piece of bread. There's really cold butter that's there. Am I supposed to tear the bread and then just like shove in the butter with my thumb? is it? Heating it with my thumb. Oh, you
1: got bread. I usually just got a bun.
0: Well, yeah, that's what i got to talk about. Something oh, you're you saying got, a okay, You got yeah. like a hard bun. Like yeah, you, you got, got, got a hard, hard bun. bun. So you crack the over. It suits it the hard, so hard now butter. I'm covered in crumbs. <laughs> and now you got to like shove the butter in with yeah. your thumb and warm it's it up body maybe you try and heat the butter a bit with like the the heat of the chicken that's like got some weird tomato sauce on it then you peel back the foil and you try not to burn yourself oh it's a nightmare but you're hungry so you're gonna eat it
1: but really now if you flew now you'd be like remember when they used to feed us oh yeah it's pretty good
0: right (laughs) yeah i had to buy this stupid sandwich from the drugstore or whatever it was
1: Yeah. Ugh. Why I chose an egg sandwich, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, everyone enjoy. <laughs> if you want to see me later, I'll be in the bathroom. We hate you so much. We hate you so much. No,
0: uh, Stranger Things worlds. Uh, so far, so interesting. It's all okay. Right. Yeah, okay. that was okay. Too oh. much into. Dis- I mean, look. I think discovery. If I put in the effort, I would like it. Mm. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> I watched. I watched a little bit of it. It's a lot of work. Because you know. I'm a culture. I'm a cultural maven. Maven. <laughs> uh, no, you're just you culture know, vulture is what people, I people. You. You, you assume people want your opinion about these things. I don't know why. Well, we
0: got to fill three hours a week. We have bro. to fill three you hours Better a look
1: week. at some shit. That's pretty much how I base my whole life now. People are like, Lisa. Be like, well, do you want to take a walk on this this narrow precipice that might kill us? I'll be like, I can talk about it on the show. Sure, let's do it. That's pretty much my decision making. Okay. Did now. you take a walk on a? No, road? no. I right, could mm-hmm. don't. <laughs>
0: They used to bug me because I had a roommate uh, who was one of my best friends, and he would go out with his brothers, and they would go sort of mountain climbing. Sure, sure. But part of what it was was, like, go along the sides of mountains where there was just a little outcropping. Mm. tiny outcropping. Yeah. And that's how they got from one space to the other. Yeah. And there was like, you know, you fall, you die. And I was like, you got shit to do, man. (laughs) Like...
1: That's at that age you 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 you're infinitely li- you'll li- li- never. No, li- I li- even
0: listen. I am scared shitless of heights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember shit I did like that was up high, right? Yeah. Like I remember doing stuff like in theaters where someone's like, "Well, if your fear of heights," and i go up <laughs> high and like, "No, just lean over and you'll get over your fear of heights. See, it's not as bad as you." And I did it. I would be like <laughs> climbing up these long ladders. <laughs> oh my god! And I just look at it now and just go, "Yeah, no." It's not worth it. Hmm. How many orgasms are up there? Zero, <laughs> none. So why am I up there? Was there some money? Did someone leave some money yeah.
1: line around? What's I, the th- What's the point to be? I, I mean, I do like to climb, so cool. I can see the I can cool. see the appeal myself. But cool, that's great. I can understand. I mean, if you're not into it, you're not into it. No,
0: it's not even into it. It's just. I like, don't think you should you, judge
1: other people for their you've love got of climbing. Other
0: shit to do that will <laughs> you won't be able to do if you fall and die.
2: So don't.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people, listen. There's everyone likes to do something that's dangerous. Sure, that's fine. So you know, yeah, you're right. You can't judge, but you can go. No, I don't like it. Yeah, you can you'll say, still I don't like do it. it. From, I'm not going like to stop from you from doing it, and you yeah. won't listen to me. But I am still going to go while you're out doing it. Yeah, you decide to go out and eat some blowfish. I'm going to be like, geez, don't. <laughs> How good is it? Is it tasty? No, it's not that great. Mm. Fuck. Then why? There's other things that are thrilling to do that actually feel good
1: and like yeah, are good. <laughs> yes, there's a there's a limit to this. It makes me think of that story from that that Dell close comic. I think I brought it up before. It was like the first issue, Wasteland, Wasteland. And there's was a story in there of of this group of people. They're all going to eat this like mushroom that supposedly gives you like the most amazing experience, most amazing psychedelic experience. Sure. But also you'll die, and of course they're going to do it, and then they do it and they die, and you're like, you're like, yeah. I guess it was worth it. I and mean, how does anyone know that this actually gives you like an amazing psychedelic experience? Because right, you, di- you die. No one comes back and says, hey, by the way, great psychedelic experience with this. I would say keep that with you, like,
0: uh, <laughs> and like if you end up in a circumstance where you're trapped and going to die, yeah. Eat it then Or (laughs) keep it for You know when you're You know old Mm -hmm. And you're just about to die Yeah And you're like going through some pain And you're just like Eat it Mm then You know there's times Where you know That's the the time to eat That kind of thing Not like when you got More shit to do (laughs) Dell I think if you I mean Yeah I don't I don't know Dell had a uh, Party for when he was gonna die Just invited a bunch of people over Oh really Yeah just before he died
1: Huh. Yeah. It's uh So weird. he knew he was going to die? Yeah. Did he, like, kill himself or did he just... No, it's vague. Oh, it's okay. It's very vague. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. He had he had some stuff. Like, he he wore his body out for sure. Okay. With all the things he was doing. Yeah. And then, uh, then, yeah, there was this big, you know, well, this is my last party. After this, this is the last time you're all going to see me. And they had a big party and, like, Bill Murray was there and all these people who he influenced were there. Yeah. They all talked about this big party that he had and... I think Sharna Halpern was there, and yeah, they're all there. And then, uh, yeah, I think he like then he died.
1: Yeah, well, that's. Inter- I mean, I guess it can go two ways. I mean, when you get old, or people either cling cling to life with all your with all your will, or you just kind of ugh, had enough of this.
0: There's a good story, and I think it's free online as well. Uh, of Bob Odenkirk running into Dell Close at like a bookstore just after Dell got fired from Second City. And uh, taking Dell to lunch, and just being so influenced by him mm-hmm. that he pursued a career in comedy after that because of this. After that meeting with after him, after that uh, lunch, yeah, with this madman, you know, <laughs> who had just yeah, he went to his yeah, he went to his home, mm. and he said like it was in Chicago, yeah. and he had a house uh but like uh you know how you have like your your door and there's a little window in your door sure he had one that was like a diamond shape yeah the glass he'd broken the glass okay so it was chicago in the winter time and it was
1: just like wind (laughs) just blowing in it was arctic cold yeah i guess that's how you
0: and just so influenced by you know this this madman yeah uh he just went oh this yeah interesting
1: he was sort of the Hunter S. Thompson of his of his milieu. His, uh, you know, you have your Hunter S. Thompson of, of for writing, and he was kind of the Hunter S. Thompson for for. Uh, there is that story, another story oh, oh, in sorry. *Wasteland*, where he's go ahead. They have like flashlights taped to their heads and there's roller skates, and they're roller skating through the sewers, yeah, yeah, killing yeah, yeah, rats yeah. with baseball bats, and that was something that they did, and you are just like, well, okay.
0: So here was what happened: Bill Murray organized his 65th birthday party and wake. But a living wake. I see. Uh, shortly before Dale's anticipated death as he lay on his deathbed in a Chicago hospital. So all of these performers who he influenced came to visit him. Yeah. And they uh, they videotaped it. I see. So, uh, yeah, you can see that. Huh? And then after, afterwards, uh, they said that they used a skull in productions of Hamlet. They did not. But uh, <laughs> they said it was just that is a that's a lot harder to pull off. Well, not pull off a skull. I guess you could pull off a skull. But like it's hard. It's hard to get the the, the legal right to use a skull in a show. I than see. You would think.
1: Yeah. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So they used another skull and said it was Del Close's skull, but it wasn't Del Close's oh, skull. Oh, OK. Yeah.
1: But you wouldn't think you'd have anyone who would be objecting to the use of his skull and you still
0: can't take a skull you still can't just take a skull unless he
1: willed it to the theater
0: even so, there are things you have to do oh, okay, and then okay. there's things you have to do to the skull yeah, yeah. you know you, you gotta, boil it yeah, you got to do a whole bunch of things I
1: did that with horse legs you you uh, have horse legs i when I was in farrier school we had to do a bone model and so i I had to get horse legs I just didn't randomly go I had to go to like a a uh what do they call those places where they, you know, where horses go to get, you know, glue fruit. factory? Not a glue factory, but kind of like uh, kind of yeah. like a glue factory. But there's a name for them, I can't think of it now. But anyway, so I had to go to this place where they had like a bunch of frozen horse legs in it. Okay. I like, get a freezer, there's a bunch of legs in there, and choose a couple interesting legs, and then take them home and then boil them on my stove for days to get all the the you know I took the hair off, like I had to cut all that off and peel it away. And then boil boil all the flesh off the bones, and then make these bone models of the, and and then use like leather and and rubber to imitate the ligaments and tendons and and. Oh, cool! And keep like it was kind of neat. It was yeah, of, is it is neat. Very, it was neat. Unfortunately, I think I think it kind of got lost over time. Kind of just too bad. It looked nice when I like when I was done. It was all like that's a bone model with all the. Oh,
0: that's very cool. Stuff. That's a good way to learn.
1: Yeah, it was like the final project in the third semester. It's really elaborate. Interesting. Yeah,
0: I um, okay. A couple other quick uh, Del Close things. Sure. Um, uh, so uh, Del Close, he died of uh, emphysema. before we
1: close this topic.
0: <laughs> died of emphysema uh, in uh, 1999. Uh, and uh, you're right, he did do uh, Wasteland. He wrote waste, Wasteland, mm-hmm. which was a, a, quite a good. Uh, comic, uh, a former guest of the show, Ty Tempest. It was an and he,
1: anthology comic.
0: Yeah, he did with John Ostrander. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And who's, who you might know from. Uh, he's the guy in the latest Suicide Squad who is giving people bombs in the neck.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's
0: giving them the old bombs in the neck. So, uh, okay. and kind of mocking them for it. He's a mean, <laughs> mean guy. Um, but John Ostrander also did a comic called Grimjack. That's and right And so Del Close did some backup stories In that for the Munden's Bar
1: I see, I see Now
0: here's my Del Close trivia
1: Del Close Because you know I like doing a trivia thing every day I, I know that
0: And you don't like it And that's fine <laughs> And I hate it Del Close appeared, let's say uh, let's go Three appearances I'd like from Del Close I'll take any amount of appearances, frankly okay. In 1980s movies
1: Oh really, it was in a bunch of 1980s 19... movies He's in Robocop
0: Is he in Robocop? I don't know Nope <laughs> He is not. I'll give you one. The Blob. He's in The Blob. Okay, a, that's right. He's in The Blob. And they mention that actually in uh, Wasteland quite a bit. Um, he is in a famous movie with uh, Matthew Broderick.
1: Okay, Matthew so Broderick. Would... So it's a Chicago-based movie. Yes. Possibly Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It
0: is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. He is a teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, okay. An English teacher. Hmm. Uh Oh, you know what? This other movie is also a Chicago movie. Chicago. Okay. Oh, it's so Chicago. <laughs> okay. Very Chicago movie. <laughs> or at least someone's always talking about a Chicago way of doing
1: things. Okay, so we're talking about the Untouchables. That's
0: correct. He is a corrupt alderman. Oh, cool. In the Untouchables. Cool. So there's your Del Close. He also uh, was one of the uh, founders of like uh, Saturday Night Live uh, and uh, SCTV. In fact, uh he takes credit for the idea of setting it in a television station. Okay. Do other people say he did? No.
1: But <laughs> the important thing is yeah. he believed
0: he believed that, that he, he came up with the idea.
1: Uh-huh. You know. It's a good idea.
0: It's a, it's a very a good,
1: good, setting. good
0: idea that maybe he was on drugs at the time and d- doesn't remember <laughs> right.
1: What the best idea though is that it's a TV station in a small town. Yeah. That is the Mellonville. best Mellonville. That is the best the best idea and the fact that they had a rival town what was the rival i can't remember time? the name of the rival town now but there was a rival town that thinks it's better than melonville
0: oh I and that's also that. great
1: that's also great because okay. you have to have a rival town
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting okay good yeah wasn't there going to be a scorsese uh uh second city movie
1: What's really it? yeah i think like like was. a history of second yeah, city yeah
0: i believe there was going to be a documentary by scorsese about uh uh, about SC- not, Sorry, not mm. about Second City About SCTV
1: Oh, really? Yeah
0: I know there was
1: Oh my this gosh was, This was the thing I'm gonna Maybe they had trouble getting the music rights He couldn't get a Rolling Stones song for it
0: Oh, that would, uh, that would be the When well, he discovered
1: how much it cost to get a Rolling Stones song What his budget was He's like, oh, I can't do this
0: Oh, heartbreaking <laughs> Well, you know what? WKRP uh, got all their rights So, you know, it's all fine and fine Let me look this up Because, uh, you know, there we are and let me see what he thinks of Marvel movies. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> what, he has an opinion on things? How dare he? Yeah. How dare he think differently than me?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. It's been, it's been uh, delayed. De- it was a, in- It's a, an SCTV documentary he's doing for Netflix. Netflix oh, it's yes. probably COVID postponed. It has been a little bit. Po- yeah, it's been postponed a little bit.
1: Ah. So. Uh, gosh doody darn it. Do. Get on it before we lose some of the and people. And it is
0: called An Afternoon with SCTV. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I would love to see that. I'd love to see that. I'd also love if they did it in a way that took you through a week of making the show, and they just talked to all the people that were involved with it, and like Jules, uh, I can't remember his last name, who appears in the show as a dancer. Yeah,
0: the Jules Holloman Holloman dancer. I can't remember this. Jules.
1: You're thinking Jules Holland from Squeeze, so I don't. But it was Jules something. But he used his real name yeah, as like yeah. the dancers. And yeah, they were always yeah, yeah. it's and great. It's Just stuff like that, like, you know, the costumers, like all the people that worked behind the scenes, like getting, you know, and then that writing and, and preparing like a, a show, what, what went into it. That'd be interesting because you could, you know, then you could kind of cover a lot of bases and have a lot of interviews and have historical elements. And, you know, but we've already lost a lot of people. So, we need to get on to, onto that. Yeah,
0: it was this the uh, the presenter of it is Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, they got Joe Flaherty, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Martin Short, uh, Andrea Martin, Dave Thomas, and Rick Moranis is going to be part of it as okay, well. Okay. Which was, he was not going to be part of it, but now he is
1: going to be oh, part of it. Oh, that's good. That's good. So that, But yeah, not that's, Robin Duke, not Tony Rosado, not.
0: Tony Rosado has passed away.
1: Well. Then I, I I forgive them for not having him but Robin, oh, Robin Duke. Robin
0: Duke, yeah, get Robin Duke for crying out loud. Yeah,
1: get Robin Duke, get 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 um get some of the later people too, like get John
0: Closest Skull. You <laughs> could probably pull it off.
1: <laughs> to it's not working. Tell us, you think of... it's like click click click? Uh, yeah, it was me, click click click, who thought of the idea of SCTV, uh, I like this it. A TV station, click click. Um, I'm no, but also I'm later all all people cool. like um, John, what's his face? Uh, Candy. Not John. I got Kennedy. bad
0: news for you. Over there. <laughs> He's even Harold Ramis. More bad news.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. Like a lot of people have passed away, but no, no, John. Um, can't remember his name now, but he was he was on the later later like the HBO version of it and stuff like that. And then
0: oh, and um, what's his what's his name? Uh, uh, the other uh, short, Mike Short, well, I think wasn't it? Well, yeah, it's
1: one of the writers, like Michael Short, and well, because uh,
0: Mike Short also appeared, but he, uh, yeah. Mike Short was like Mike the bartender. Mm. and Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the guy who did the um, happy, uh, what's it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Western yeah. soap opera. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That would I, be interesting. I know
0: who you're talking about. Yeah, because he was also on Joe Flaherty's Maniac Mansion. That's he right. He was the guy with the fly. He was the,
1: yeah, body. he was a fl- Harry. And then, and then um, Uncle Harry. And then um, there's a, that lady as well who... Uh, was really great she she was in like um their version of uh going down the road and stuff like that kind of fill in uh, jane eastwood jane eastwood
0: yeah she, she was on she was as I a regular to, i got to praise I, her about that
1: once. Yeah. so she, but she, it would be great for like some of the other people who came later in, in the run yeah, of the, the show a, as well
0: she's in a comedy troupe currently with robin duke <laughs> there you, go. you get a twofer there yeah.
1: and robin dukes you know she was in uh Schitt's creek so she has some uh she's got some
0: she was also uh, on, in SCTV, not SCTV, Saturday Night Live, with Tony Rosado. The two mm-hmm. of them got uh, mm-hmm. picked up and uh, not treated well over there. I don't think. I don't think they got treated well at all. That's what I think.
1: Well, God. I think that show seems like a bit of a cold bath for everyone.
0: Yeah, Catherine O'Hara definitely felt that way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, here's, uh, here's the trivia question. Uh, where was the first time that the SCTV cast ever watched uh, their sketches in front of a live audience?
1: Wait a second. So they were performing their sketches or they were watching their sketches they be performed?
0: They were perform? watching their sketches uh, like on a big screen in front of a live audience. Oh, I see. First time. They never saw anyone's reaction to their show yeah. live ever before. Okay. Where in the world did that happen?
1: Oh, did it happen in Edmonton?
0: It happened here. Happened in Vancouver.
1: Oh, really? What, what? Vancouver
0: Film Festival, they had a Second City reunion. Okay. And they watched on on stage, they yeah. watched like kind of a best of thing. Yeah, yeah. And afterwards they were like... That was something because <laughs> they would never they never yeah, yeah, yeah. heard a reaction before no, to it. They're like, we should do more of this. We should. And <laughs> some of them did do stuff together after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm sure they're all they're all very busy, of course. Right, but you lives. know, then
0: you got like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara doing like a whole bunch of stuff together after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they are of course busy with their with their own careers. But yeah, it was apparently like a very touching thing for mm. for all of them. Yeah.
1: It, so that's it, nice. It's interesting in that. I think it was at the Vogue. The documentary about Schitt's Creek that came out after the show finished. Um, they talk about how hard it was to get her involved in it and how they had to kind of sneak her, like, kind of, they had to do it sneak craftily. How so? Well, they talked her into doing the pilot, like, they talked her into doing, like, the a sort of test show. Okay. And with the understanding that it would just be a one off. She wouldn't have to be involved in it after that. And so they got her playing Moira okay. for this you know kind of demonstration thing and then they increased it a little bit they expanded it to the pilot and then they just kept like getting her more and more involved in it until finally she was just all in as long as she could choose her dresses she was okay that was her one one caveat i guess but i guess she's at a point where it's kind of like i only want to do what i want to do i don't want to do things i don't want to do yeah
0: and does so. it sound like a good idea? Probably not. <laughs> We're doing a show called what? Shits Creek. Yeah,
1: that's my, that was my put off too when I first heard about it. I was just like, ugh. It took me a while to come around to it.
0: And I'll be honest, I've watched maybe one episode, so I've got to watch more.
1: It's well worth watching. I All will right. say that. And let me say one other thing.
0: Please. Oh, John Hemp, Hempfill.
1: John Hempfill, who's also in Shits Creek as well. Okay. Uh, the, the gas station owner. He's very good. It's the greatest run. In the played show.
0: Happy Marsden in, uh,
1: in uh, yeah. C2B.. Yeah. Okay. made me th- when you're saying that uh, laughing, it just made me think of how frustrating it was for Roger and I when we did the bestest man for, for your wedding reception. And we had to, as part of the gag, we had to leave the, the hall, because the idea is we were running out of the hall, and then once we run out of the hall, the, the film starts and shows what happens <laughs> when we run out. So we had to stand outside. We couldn't see inside, but we could just hear the laughter) <laughs> And we're looking at each other, going, "Oh man, I wish I wish I knew what they were laughing at." <laughs> but it kept happening, and we're just like, "Oh, if only we could see." You. And we never. Smart
0: move would have been to have like taped it while it was recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't smart though.
1: We weren't mm-hmm. smart. No, it's so so of the moment. I do remember
0: at one point seeing Roger's head poking in and watching. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah was like, like, "Oh, I he's adorable." Look at him; he has to watch. You can't, you can't help it
1: because you're it. just wondering. You're wondering, <laughs> "Oh, what are they laughing at? Is that <laughs> is it one of my jokes or one of Roger's jokes?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun, but frustrating.
0: I like that, like, uh, with, with that, because, you know, we've talked about this before, how it goes. is like I had two best men, and it was you and uh, Ro- my friend Roger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then at one point, you know, you're going to make a speech, and, and the, the speech, you know, went into, you know, we got to find out who the best man is. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, like, you ran out, and then we started a film, and it was a competition, and you can <laughs> see the competition online. Um, but, like, no one's expecting that. No one's <laughs> no. expecting. No. We we're gonna do like a comedy sketch, you know, that's pre filmed with like <laughs> all around Vancouver, like yeah. all this effort. yeah and I was like, oh, "That's great. That's just great." It was just like, "Hey, this is entertaining." You know, how many weddings have you been to where it's just like, Ugh, you just sit back." And, <laughs> and I was like, "No, huh? Yeah, you got stuff."
1: That yeah, was fun. It was fun to do though, too, though. So
0: it was also nice we had like that element where, and I'm saying this because my anniversary was yesterday. So, oh, I'm, I'm I was going
1: to I was thinking the whole way here, I was like, I got to remember to wish you a happy, happy anniversary as soon as we start the show. As soon as we start the show, I'm going to. No, we just went off, went so off the rails. So, this was
0: 16 years ago that you did this bit.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know.
0: Ugh. Uh, don't worry. That's how time works. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> the important thing is, we're all still alive. We're all still alive. It's all fine and fine. I think a young But we We had a thing where uh, people would come up and, you know, if they wanted to. You know, uh, do the old uh, tink, tink, tink on the glass mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that, but you got to do something. <laughs> yes. You got to, like, tell a good story mm-hmm. or you got to sing a song. And a remarkable amount of people sang a freaking song or did a musical number or did some shit. Yeah. You know,
1: it's like, good. It's like there are entertainers in the crowd. Yeah, it's
0: like there were some entertainers. And even people that weren't <laughs> entertainers would just go up and tell, like, a funny story. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's way better than just, like, stand up and, like,
2: kiss! <laughs> do it! <laughs>
1: yeah well you did a couple nice things one was that you made it you made a uh costume party that encouraged people to dress up
0: hopefully in outfits that are flattering to everybody yeah listen the 1940s weren't a great time for everybody i'll say that much (laughs) but if you put on a 1940s outfit now you're gonna look good yeah you're gonna look fine and it's whatever you look like you're Mm -hmm. gonna look better in a 1940s outfit you're gonna look sharp and you're going to probably be able to pull that off mm-hmm. without a lot of uh, expense, too, which we didn't want to like make
1: people have to spend.
0: But okay, that was one nice thing we did. What else did we do that was nice?
1: <laughs> well, there's also that the fact that you you created a situation where people had to entertain in order to to do the speech or get get the tinking of the, the wine. We glasses tried going. to throw
0: the focus uh, to the people in the room as well, mm-hmm. so it wasn't all about just like it's all about the bride. <laughs> it's all about the bride. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had advice from other friends of mine who had been married, and that was like their thing was just like she's always right. It's all about the bride. Make it all about the bride. <laughs> and what I'm hearing from that is like you guys had a it was a tough wedding, huh? <laughs> you made it through, huh? Yeah.
2: Okay. okay. All right.
0: Good. Good. I'm hearing a, I'm hearing a lot of things. Hearing a lot of things in what you're saying. But okay. Gotcha. 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 Gotcha.
1: Yeah. It was funny when Lisa and I got married. I feel like we were just along for the ride. And there was a lot of other people who had, who really, you know, were like push, were, you know, pushing for this. We like, should do this and do that. And da, da, da. we're just kind of like, okay, sure. All right. You know, we're going to have it at the farm. We're going to have it the farm. We better have a tent. Oh, okay. All right. If you think think so. I'm sure the weather will be fine. Oh, you don't know, though. You never know. We'll have a tent. Okay.
0: Yeah. And we're going to cook people- the food.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's just kind of like that. You're just like, and even like when the day of, we, uh, Lisa's Uncle Murdo, who's a Scottish gentleman.
0: That's a great name. Uncle Murdo? That would be a great SEV character.
1: <laughs> yes. It was a fireboat captain. Yeah.
0: Uncle Murdo's fireboat would be a great kid show.
1: <laughs> and so, but he, he had like a very specific idea of what your, everyone's roles were at the wedding. Sure. You know, and he's like, okay, you have to do, a, like, like her brother Mark had to do, a, he had to toast the bride. You know, so your brother has to toast the bride. He has to. And so we're all like, what? Okay. And then when he does that, David, you have to go up and you have to do a response to his toasting the bride. I do? I thought I just got to sit down. I didn't know I had to speak. (gasps) So then I had to like get up and say something, which I just was total hash because I had no idea what I was doing. And I think I challenged him to a fight (laughs) as a response, you know. That's good. It was fine, but I because I didn't know it. And then, and you both like stripped down, to <laughs> pants, and then, <laughs>
0: and then like, wrestled.
1: And then when Uncle Myrtle got back, he was just like, "Okay, I guess that'll pass as a speech." It was kind of, he didn't say that, but that was just like his whole, his whole attitude, of his voice, you know, because like, it wasn't like. The proper way you do it, you know, because he had a very specific yeah. idea of how this is supposed to work. Which is fine, because you do want people who know what they're doing to to be doing these things, like
0: to a degree.
1: Otherwise, it's just a chaos. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then there's there's also just like traditions that are traditions because of traditions. Yeah, yeah. And you know, well, why
1: are those traditions? Eh, they, it's how uh, we do things. It's how it goes. It's how it goes. It's what we always done it that way. Yeah. It just
0: reminds me a lot of. uh and it's a weird thing to compare it to, but like a funeral, where like we we're planning my dad's funeral, and there there's like people going, and you do this, and then you do this. <laughs> and then when you're, and I was, I was writing uh, the obituary, and I was told, now you got to say this, but you got to say this, but don't say this, and don't make it too personal about this, because it's not classy if you make it too personal about this. And at that point, it was just like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'm just going to write what I'm going to write.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fuck off.
0: That is like, no, no, don't tell the personal story. No, just, just, just the facts. Uh, No. This is tradition. Gives a shit.
1: Is, is there a person reviewing obituaries? Yes, there is. <laughs>
2: apparently, apparently.
0: Apparently there's this, this, and this. And then yeah, when like it was the funeral itself, you know, they were really trying to like push this thing at the end where it's like it's gotta be this religious thing that's gonna be said oh, yeah, about yeah. this and that. Like my dad's not religious. Yeah, but we're gonna do this. No, don't have that. No, it's gonna be we should we should just have a little tribute to no, no, no. We're we're good. And and, and I'm yeah. really pushing like don't. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. But thank you, but no. And you know, we're paying the bills on this thing and we're not having it in a church. You know, or we're not having it like, you know, church based. Yeah. So, you know, da da da. da. And then yeah, the the guy at the end uh, slips in this little story. That's like, mm-hmm, like, <laughs> don't pull a fucking fast one at the funeral and try to slip in this bit. Yeah, yeah. Though, you know, I, I always said, like, he told a story that could have either been, you know, uh, uh, Jesus will help you through the hard times or dental hygiene is important. You could take both those morals from whatever this story about a guy walking through the woods when some things happen. Huh. Yeah, but it was like, ugh, I, could tell it, I, I could tell it bothered my sister. Because it was like that's not my dad, and you just like you know, put your own agenda yeah. onto onto this thing, and it's like, it's, oof. so yeah, <laughs>
1: that's uh, I, th- I and that
0: that was in my mind when I was planning like the the wedding, mm-hmm. which is like nope, we're just doing this the way we want to do it, <laughs> yeah. But tradition, we gotta.
1: No, we're
0: good. Thank you kindly.
1: Yeah, it's so overwhelming. When we got married, it was just so fast and overwhelming that it was just.
0: Well, it's just weird to have, have a room full
1: of people looking at you. Have it your own way.
0: A room full of yeah, people fine. looking
1: at you. Yeah. They all
0: showed up. You've asked them for gifts. <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. It's a weird situation. Yeah. Like, would you be comfortable going up to relatives and going, can I have 20 bucks? No. But if you you go, you're coming to my party, huh? Better get me something good. <laughs> and here's a list of things I like. Yeah. This.
1: That's good. Uh, it's. When he said that, I was thinking kind of funny we're still using the pots and pans we got mm. for a wedding I st- we still use the popcorn maker i got from my aunt
0: okay all i'm gonna say is if they were non-stick maybe get rid of them
1: <laughs> no these are just regular okay good like the stainless steel good, pots good, good. all right that's fine
0: but if it, but, but, way, if you have your non-stick for a very, very long time it's probably peeling off by this yeah point. yeah do time yeah, yeah don't might be it. time to avoid the old alzheimer's <laughs> and uh, get rid of the old i have a cast iron uh,
1: yeah. skillet i use for nice that kind of stuff um but yeah yeah it's kind of we i still had the bowl for the longest time that said it said um it was like said on the side like hooray for popcorn Something. she gave me she gave me like a little ceramic bowl for the popcorn as well as the thing but unfortunately the bowl got smashed uh, like last year it was a very sad day sad day in the in the Dedrick slash williamson household
0: and the bowl said hooray for
1: popcorn it said like hooray for popcorn and then inside it said that's all folks when you finish the oh or that's that's all yeah it was it was a very cute little bowl oh okay unfortunately it it died a death it was one of those things where it was sitting in our drying rack and and a, a glass fell out of the cupboard above it and and hit the bowl and broke it and we said boo
0: i uh i was cleaning the fridge today a little bit and uh a Coke Zero fell to the floor and became a rocket.
1: Oh, really? It Psh-
0: all around, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, was it like a bottle? Nope. Oh, can? Can. So the can got pierced and can got pierced. Which is weird, right? Because I was watching this video at work today. We were watching this video. Of these guys they were gonna crush. They're gonna crush a pop can with their car. Oh. But it was a closed pop can, and it, and their car was like um it was like a fancy sort of Mazda. But you know it had like the plastic. Hood, you know, had the plastic grill and stuff on it. Right. So they're like squeezing down on this can, and it's just bending the the grill of the car. Oh. And one of them went. Oh. I think you better stop.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: then that's where the, the video ended. Because it's really strong that yeah. way. It's really strong that way. But in other ways, it's a really very weak can. It's very thin. It's extremely thin. The strength of it is yeah. in the fact that it's full of of it's sealed and full of liquid. That's basically the strength of the can. Other than that, it's it has nothing. <laughs> Has very little uh, strength to it. So
0: you're uh, hooray for popcorn bowl. Yeah. Was it heart shaped?
1: No, it was. Uh, it was this a brown all right, bowl? All this right, all right. kind of a beigey bowl with blue writing on it.
0: Okay. Now look, we got a we got a whole bunch of. I don't uh, remember
1: what if it said I love popcorn or whatever it said. I can't remember now. But, Did yeah.
0: it say popcorn is for sharing? I
1: don't remember that. Okay. You're <laughs> trying to find one that was like it. This is, is it? from this is like 25 years ago or more. or 26 I, I years understand. ago. I
0: understand. There's just a wide look. There's a wide variety of vintage stoneware popcorn bowls. Oh, I see. That say that's all, folks, on the inside. Oh, I see. But there's a variety of sayings on the outside. Ah, uh, okay. Like grandma's popcorn. No, that was for grandma. Yeah, that's Get for grandma. Get your hands out of the fucking popcorn bowl. <laughs>
1: that
0: one's for me. popcorn. Is for is for uh, sharing. Is uh, is one that's there.
1: Okay. All right. I am just saying it's a good. I have to look. Th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to replace that bowl yeah. yeah yeah
0: okay that just makes me just makes me curious prints for sharing yeah yeah okay very good <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thanks for looking
0: oh no you're you're very welcome i'm to see now if there's any sparks future perfects uh for sale on the ebay okay that's where it was
1: oh it's where you're looking on ebay yeah i find ebay is expensive for the things that i'm looking for you're
0: not wrong yes there are quite a, oh geez oh my god there's a lot there's a, <laughs> whoa okay it just keeps going I feel both good and bad. Well, these were purchased, so I feel good. But they're being sold, so I don't know if I feel that good. No, that's pretty good. Okay, that's a lot.
1: It's <laughs> you, fine. You've had enough. Yeah, I got
0: to, I'm feeling all right. <laughs> that's okay. At
1: least they read it. I hope so. You can't just be flipping it. That's kind of weird.
0: There was a very sweet story um, uh, a friend of mine uh, told me. Uh, she, she was reading um, Sparks, the latest Sparks to her uh, son, and he was like oh i wonder what their next adventure will be and uh, he didn't know that there was two other books already uh, i was <laughs> like oh okay and so she got out the uh, first sparks book yeah and in the first sparks book there's a picture of the uh the uh, my cats charlie and august yeah and he was just they're real
1: <laughs> and it just thrilled
0: him and then my friend went yeah have you met them yeah i met them because <laughs> she had yeah you know
2: yeah it's like what were they like? <laughs> They're <It's like,
0: laughs> cats. Yeah, they were really racist. <laughs> but Uh-oh. you got to remember, this was a different time. Was a different time. This it's was it. a different time. This was five years ago. they were very ago. fancy. They yeah. had little. Uh, they had little. And this is weird. He had a dog butler, <laughs> and he went. It has to be a dog. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: like, why? For the, for the, for the status.
2: Yeah.
1: For the yeah.
0: status. Sure. And it was all this stuff. But yeah, he was uh, he was thrilled that like she had met the actual cats. It's nice. Yeah, it's just adorable. It is makes cute. Me, it makes me happy.
1: <laughs> All right. Glad someone is.
0: I'm sorry. I'm now just looking up... Uh, I'm not, I'm looking up other things I've done and seeing them for sale. What the? Oh, That's pretty good value. All right. That's good. Everything's fine. Hi. <laughs> I'm were, back.
1: What were we looking at? I was
0: looking up Casper's Haunted
1: Christmas. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're on the hunt right now for some uh, royalties for that.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. You lost your royalties.
0: Did not lose my royalties, but... I have a percentage of profit on the movie. I see, uh, and the movie has been sold to DreamWorks. Okay, uh, the DreamWorks brought everything Casper. I see. So, uh, and since that time, it's been released and re-released many times uh, with other movies in two packs and five packs and different packs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and last Christmas, there was two new releases of it as well. Okay, and it's played regularly on Netflix, and now it's playing regularly on Prime. And so it's like, huh? you know, look into this and yeah. see if, you know, it's been 22 years. Maybe it <laughs> made its uh, money back by now. Let's, let's see, yeah. you know, because they probably Forrest Gumped it and and made it in a way that it never made a profit, but might. Is that what they did with Forrest Gump? Yeah. Famously, Forrest Gump has never made a profit.
1: Because who is going to get a who's going to get a percentage of it? I don't know. Whoever
0: owns a percentage of Forrest Gump, but it's, this is the old standard thing now. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, Alec Guinness was one of the first people... Who uh, went back end on, uh, on on one of his movies, which was Star Wars, yeah, and uh, got got a cut of the toys as well. Oh, and uh, George Lucas famously, you know, just went like, "Just give me the toy rights." Huh. I'm like, oh, well, good luck with that. Whatever this movie's going to make on toy rights, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, later on, when actors would ask like for a cut of the profits, movies stopped making profits, even if they were the number one movie of the year.
1: That's right, because there's that famous uh, story of Art Buckwald suing Coming to America for taking a story, right? And then you know they said, "Well, we'll give you then a cut of the profits." And of course, the movie never made any profits, but That's he right. he sued yeah, yeah, them, yeah, yeah, he sued yeah, them yeah. for that, and said, "I want you to show me. Let's open these books and take a look at why this movie is not making any money when it's made a lot of money." Yeah, and I think he won that case.
0: Yeah, it is it is possible. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what would have been in that movie that would have been original enough, you know, in concept that uh, our buck wall should have gotten some money. But I guess the law said they did. So they did. <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah. If you take someone's idea. A rich prince from Africa comes
0: yeah. to America. Yeah. And falls in love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that idea has never been done. Like it feels I like that no. must guess... be an old idea. But
1: okay. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been... A movie idea, in the past, no one would have really. Because no it that. seems like there
0: Doesn't that seem like a movie? Like any- an
1: African prince, a black man. Uh huh. It's going to be a feature player in a in a Hollywood movie. Okay. At what time is this happening?
0: I don't know, but let's let's just go with like a prince comes to America and falls in love.
1: Oh okay. yes, of course that. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure there's those sort of things.
0: Now I'm looking to see if uh, lawsuit. Okay, here we go. Uh, the film was subject to the Buckwald versus Paramount civil suit. Yes. Uh, launched in 1990. There we go. Uh, on the grounds that the film's idea was stolen from his 1982 script treatment. Oh, this oh okay. treatment about a rich despotic Af-African uh, leader who comes to America for a state visit. Uh, Paramount had optioned the treatment from Buckwald. Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> and John Landis was attached as director, and Eddie Murphy as lead. But after two years of development hell, Paramount abandoned the project in 85. Then in 87, they worked on coming to America. Yeah, you get the
1: money. There you go, <laughs> Mr. Bookwall. Yeah, there. It's all fine. Enjoy.
2: Dun, 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 dun.
1: Okay, that's that's a little clearer. Yeah, yeah.
0: I wonder if his uh, estate uh, got anything from the sequel. Eh, who knows? Let's hope. It was also a TV show, but it didn't work. Mm. Uh, it was a pilot. It went unsold.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Didn't have Eddie Murphy in it. No, that's the problem. Yeah, interesting.
0: Okay, yeah, that is interesting. All right, he's a
1: movie star, not a TV star. No one would, no one in movies would do television. Isn't it funny how that's changed now, though? Like yeah. that whole attitude. No, even though
0: Eddie Murphy did have a TV show called The PJs, he just did the voice. Oh, okay, okay. But he did have a TV Yeah, star.
1: yeah. But it's funny how that's changed now. Like so many actors and so many shows and so many on cha- so many different streaming services and whatnot. All of them perfectly happy to be developing shows. To yeah, a lot of freedom there, I guess, and also a lot of moolah.
0: Well, I think it's a lot more work, Mm. and you want to work like you want like a big payday. Yeah, but if you can't get a big payday, a lot of smaller paydays are pretty good. (laughs) And then you win awards for those, you know, smaller things as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're yeah, you're good. Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, Here's here's weird trivia for you. Okay. Um, okay, so Eddie Murphy's uh, donkey yes. from uh, from Shrek uh, uh, appeared in a uh, a television show. An
1: okay, a television show.
0: Do you know what a uh, television show that was? Donkey. Donkey appeared in a television show in one episode.
1: In one episode of a television show. Yeah. Was this the an animated show?
0: It was an animated show.
1: Was this? Show... I can
0: give you. I'm going to give you uh, some clues. Okay, give me some clues. All right, hold
1: it. Some make them blue. <laughs>
0: Well, that's not right. Oh, okay. That's not right. Oh. Okay, well, okay, hold it. One, one, one oh, more you, one. Can't
1: find, you can't find this uh, show that well, you think no, is... Well,
0: no, the name of... Oh, okay. the, na- the, the name of the show is also the name of another show. Oh, okay. And this is uh, wrong. Oh, well, I'll just freaking tell you. It was the one uh, where it was based on Siegfried and Roy's uh, lions. What? Or tigers. Tigers?
1: Yeah, tigers. And bears?
0: Nope, no, my... Uh, no, it, it was the, it was their uh, story. Yeah, and so you saw what life was like for them, and they were friends with donkey.
1: The li- the lions were. Yeah, the tigers. I mean, that's correct. And the bears, the bears.
0: Let me let me look this up. Okay, I'm sorry that I'm a lucky loo <laughs> this t- this time around. <laughs> yeah, you really. Uh... I know it just gets all really uh, real. It, got, it gets real sad. I'm just like, well, someone just freaking tell me the funny thing about. All right. <laughs> There we go. The cartoon, you know the goddamn cartoon. Oh, you know what's bugging me. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Father of the Pride. That's what it was called. Oh boy. Yeah, and it was uh, John Goodman. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. And Carl uh, Reiner was. Uh, I see. Was one of the voices in it. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> there you go. And the creator of the series was Jeffrey Katzenberg.
1: Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say it has to be a DreamWorks thing because you uh, see,
0: you see, you see plenty. <laughs> You see, you know.
1: I, you know, you you can you can make fun of Jeffrey Katzenberg and and people do, but you know, I'm sure I'm sure no one would want to know him because he's probably very abrasive. But yeah, he was very af- and a very effective producer. I mean, he revived Disney from from the doldrums with uh, you know some savvy he producing. Did. He had a had a plan and he put it in place and and it, it worked. Paid off in 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 spades. And I mean, he went to DreamWorks and DreamWorks was a legitimate competitor to Disney when he was there. You know? Yeah. Okay,
0: here were some of the characters that were on. Yep. Uh, you had a, a character played by Dana Gould called High Larius. And he was uh, a snail comedian. He was not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There. There you go. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Okay, there you go. Uh, and, uh, okay, well, this is just a good one. It's just like uh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, yeah. Played a character called Kelsey Grammer.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Now, yeah, you would think Kelsey Grammer, yeah, playing Kelsey Grammer, yeah, would be Kelsey Grammer,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, but he's not. I see.
0: Kelsey Grammer is Kelsey Grammer, the comedian, ah, the stand-up comedian,
1: stand-up comedian. A lot of stand-up comedians in this thing.
0: That's right. But
1: does he have his own popcorn bowl? This is Grammar's popcorn.
0: <laughs> yes, he's a stand-up comedian and so, actor whom Siegfried and Roy uh, take their uh, tiger to see okay. in the pilot. Uh, <laughs> but Siegfried and Roy think that Grammer is a real psychologist. Uh, so, Roy explains his lifelong problems and hard hard relationships with his father to Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. But Kelsey Grammer isn't a, psycho- a psychologist. Yeah. He's a stand up comedian. Of course. Second. Named Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: They spent a okay. lot of time. Why, why is one character called Hilarious? The other character is named after the actor. Jane Lynch plays yeah. Lily. Yeah. Uh,
0: she is uh, a lioness, yes, and leader of a women's empowerment group. I see, <laughs> but the gag is, yeah, she's really a
1: cougar. Oh,
0: <laughs> Joe DiMaggio, John DiMaggio plays. Okay, Tom, Tom, who is uh, an antelope. I see. Who is an alcoholic, verbally abusive adulterer, <laughs> and likes to pick fights after he's had a few drinks.
1: All right. Right, it's so a great, it's great a character. Great
0: characters. Um, Polly Shore oh plays Justin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Justin is a Jewish adolescent lion uh, with uh, a mop top haircut who is an aggressive but unskilled poker player.
1: I see. That sounds
0: good, right? An aggressive <laughs> but unskilled <laughs> poker
1: player. Sounds, Who's writing
0: great. this? <laughs> Who are these fucking characters? Like, they all seem like real deep in-jokes on people that they know, right? Like, that we're not part of. That we're in no way part of. Yeah.
1: Okay. Justin.
0: All right. So Andy Richter is (laughs) Nelson. Yes. Okay. He's a giant panda. Uh Uh-huh. But no one calls him Nelson. No. They all call him uh, Bong Bong.
1: Is that his, is that his stand-up He's again? really
0: nervous around women.
1: Is he a stand-up comedy? <laughs>
0: I think the whole thing is like he can't fuck, yeah. right? Because yeah, yeah. he's a panda and yeah. not good in bed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. pandas are well known. They're very brief, they eat, shoot, and leave.
0: There you go. Yeah. Dom DeLuise yes. plays Duke. Yes. Duke's, of course, an exceedingly effeminate leopard. <laughs> he makes subtle but obvious allusions to his homosexuality, <laughs> to which his buddies are oblivious. <laughs> Catchphrase: Who wants a blowjob? No, it's not. Can't say that.
1: So you've got an animated series about Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy? Are they playing themselves in it? That's my other question. Are they playing by two oh, two I actors putting on pretend German voices? I don't voices? think
0: that's possible. Let, me just, let Hello, me just. Go all the way. I'm up and,
1: Siegfried. This is my partner Roy. Uh, we are two lion tamers No, uh, who have tigers.
0: No, Siegfried also is, some bears. is played by Julian Holloway. Uh, uh, Julian Holloway is a British actor, a comedy actor. and Roy is played by uh, David Herman, who does a lot of stuff for, uh, uh, I think, like Futurama, Mad TV, and stuff like that. Uh, Siegfried is more magically inclined. He's kind, friendly, brave, generous, humorous, thoughtful, and caring. Oh, I guess they had to sell this show to Siegfried. <laughs> Roy is the animal trainer of the duo. Which one was
1: mauled? I do not know.
0: I feel it was Roy. Okay. Okay. Roy is more level-headed, kind, caring, brave, generous, humorous, thoughtful, and (laughs) friendly than Siegfried. You've just told me Siegfried's (laughs) so friendly.
1: Oh, no. We already sold the show to Siegfried, so now we have to sell it to Roy, and he needs (laughs) to...
0: He frequently has to defend his animals from the criticisms (laughs) of Siegfried. But they... Okay. Despite he... Okay, well, wait wait for it. Why are
1: you saying such bad things about Hilarious?
0: Despite <laughs> he, right. he's such a small snail who's so not that funny. <laughs> Despite he and Siegfried's uh, arguments, yes. they still respect and love each other as best friends.
1: <laughs> we are best friends. We are best, we live, best friends. We have adjoining rooms, but we are still very Isn't that right? good friends.
0: Clearly gay leopard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no!
1: what a show yeah okay so anyway this was a you know
0: father of the pride you can probably buy the rights to this or just watch it somewhere okay
1: you can find this on netflix yeah
0: john goodman cheryl hines or cheryl General. hines
1: she was uh with um larry david, larry david yeah yeah yep. larry david's wife
0: yep uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm.
1: A funny woman. She's very funny.
0: A lot of funny people in this show. A
1: lot of? There's a. It's a good cast. Solid if cast. It, if it wasn't that show, it might be good. Yep. It might be a good cast.
0: It's no... Uh, okay. Here's my Carl Reiner, which I've probably said to you before. Sure. What's the Carl Reiner, Dick Van Dyke spinoff that was an animated show? The Ellen Brady Show. That's absolutely correct.
1: You told me that before. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. That's
0: weird that there was that.
1: It's weird because he's not the best part of the Dick Van Dyke show.
0: Yeah. Also, what year would that show have taken place? Like, is that now? Has he been doing the Alan Brady show (laughs) since the 60s?
1: Yeah. Or is it like during Father Knows Best era? Yeah. Or Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, I mean, era.
0: Yeah, I wonder.
1: That was like the first kind of serious, not serious, but the first kind of like... Sitcom, animated sitcom, right? Yeah. Why? Are you,
0: why are you connecting that with Carl Reiner? Because <laughs>
1: I'm just thinking of like the era, like when were they starting to animate? Yeah. Like when would they do an ad like that's not a Saturday morning show, is it? it the was Ellen a, Brady show, like who? It was, it was what on, kid would care? It was on
0: Daily, I believe. I believe it was a Daily. Why show.
1: How would it be Daily?
0: Uh, let's well, I guess see. if
1: they pile up enough of them, they can do them.
0: Yeah, it was an American adult sitcom produced by Hanna Barbera, aired in its first run syndication in the United States uh, from '72 to. 74.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the same time as Wait Till Your Father Gets Home.
0: Right. The sh- Yeah, the show was inspired by all in the family uh and it's referred to as the great uh, grandfather of adult animated sitcoms. It really is. Yeah, 48 episodes. Yeah, I think it was on daily. Huh? yeah, I think that's what it, I think that's what it was.
1: Uh Never saw it. Whereas Wait Till Your Father came Wait Till Your Father Gets Home was on, on after The Brady Bunch.
0: Here is a uh, So you again, did
1: watch it. You just kind of didn't turn, change the channel.
0: I'm going to give you another piece of trivia right now. All right. What does... David? Yes? What does... Wait till your father... Okay, now there's, there's two obvious... Well, there's one obvious thing. Okay. Then there's one that's less obvious. Okay. I'll accept both. All right. What does... Wait till your father gets home... Yeah. ...and happy days...
1: Huh? Tom Bosley. Have in common, that is the most obvious one. (laughs) What is Uh,
0: the unobvious connection? The unobvious
1: connection? The
0: unobvious connection between wait till your father gets home and uh, happy days.
1: Was it Aaron Moran playing the daughter on... uh...
0: No, I will give you... Oh, give me a clue. The unofficial pilot for both of them...
1: Okay, what? Huh?
0: The unofficial pilot for both of them... Yeah. ...aired on television. Yes. And both of the pilots, both the titles, had uh, two uh, words in front of them, the same words. Before, it was blank, blank, wait till you're... uh, Blank, blank, and then the... And blank, blank, and the happy days.
1: I had two words. Yeah, same Uh, two words. Same two words. Because they're both spinoffs of the same show. Really? Yes. Happy days is a spinoff of another show. Yes, it is. I did not know that. Mm Mm-hmm. So just two words. This might
0: be a hard one for you, then.
1: Yeah, I did not know there were spinoffs. Yes. I always assume, because here I was, there was another trivia question that they wanted Happy Days to be based in the 1920s. Okay. And Frank Marshall said, well, I don't know anything about the 1920s, but I could do something about the 1950s. And I always thought Happy Days was a spinoff, well, not a spinoff, but was, was a, was, uh, what's the word I'm of looking for? You know, inspired by the success of physical graffiti, not physical graffiti, American graffiti. Not the Led Zeppelin album, but the George Lucas film, which is based in the '50s as well. Okay. But, but oh, sorry.
0: And I'll tell I'll tell you they both spun off yeah. of this show. Yeah. Uh, the 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 pilots that spun off. Yeah. You know, Whatever. Uh, two weeks from each other.
1: Okay, I got it. Okay. The Jeffersons' happy days.
0: Absolutely not right. Oh. Couldn't be. Couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> okay. What was it? It was uh, Love American Style. Oh. It was Love and the Old Fashioned Father and Love and the Happy Days. Now, you could all you could go, wait a minute. Uh, the pilot for Happy Days wasn't Love and the Happy Days. It was later when they re-aired it. Uh, <laughs> they changed it to that. Uh, they changed also, you know, the other one, Love and Wait Till Your Father Gets Home.
1: I see. Uh, but it was Love well, and
0: the Television Set was the original pilot for Happy Days that was, that was on Love American Style, which was... Uh, an anthology series. Yes, yes. Yeah. So there.
1: That, in my two, mind... Two
0: weeks later, uh, two weeks after uh, Love the Old Fashioned Father uh, was loving uh, the television set, which was the pilot for Happy Days.
1: Bizarrely, Love American Style only stars Joanne Worley in my my, my, Woo! In my
0: mind.
1: And Stuart Margolin. <laughs> Stuart Margolin was in that as well? A lot. Oh, I didn't know that. One episode. Never, I never saw it.
0: One episode when I was a kid I, uh, that I, I remember was... Uh, where uh, it was uh, time to meet the parents before they got married. All right. And, uh, but uh, what the guy didn't know was the girl, the, the parents were in the
1: nudist colony. And they were all <laughs>
0: going to get married at the nudist colony. And the guy was, I don't know about that. And there was a lot of like teasy this and that. And like, yes. wah de and then, Bushes uh, in the way. And... and finally he's like, you know what? I love her. I love her. We're going to, God damn it. I don't care. Strips nude. Yeah. And goes to his wedding. Well, I'll tell you, folks. Yeah. They don't have the wedding's nude. <laughs> so he's the only nude guy at the wedding. I'm sure they appreciate the And then they the all spirit. started stripping down. Okay. it was fine. Yeah, yeah. And you know?
1: What did his parents think of this?
0: I'll, I don't know, but I'll tell you what I thought of it as uh-huh. a young man. Yeah. Enjoyed that episode. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, why not? Why mm-hmm. not? Indeed, but Stuart McGowan was in a lot of them, mm. and they would they would do um, blackout sketches as well, sure. like real quick blackout sketches. And yeah. Stuart McGowan was in a lot of those, mm. and it was mostly it was mostly dirty jokes I didn't understand, but who the heck cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. occasionally you get something like an animated segment, yeah, that's or uh, you know, a uh, uh, jam a sitcom pilot and, into there, and, <laughs> and there you go. Fun.
1: Fascinating, <clears throat> and
0: a catchy tune off the top.
1: For Love, American Style.
0: Yeah, you know the theme song, right? No, I don't. Uh, Yeah, it's Love, American Style, truer than the red, white, and blue. Love, American Style, (laughs) that's me and you. Yeah, it's good. Nice. And on a star-spangled night, my love my love comes to me you can put your head on my shoulders and by the dawn's early night my love my love comes to me something 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 shine now oh, here's some sex jokes Here come a bunch of sex
1: jokes
0: yeah
1: and so on so do you think love american style inspired everything you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask the book or the movie? The movie. The movie is not really. Based when the did book. the
0: movie come out? Because Love American
1: Style it was earlier. Because it was, it's, earlier. It was like seventy four. I would say sixty
0: nine to ninety four. Ninety four? Uh, sorry, so, so, uh, sorry, sixty nine to
1: seventy four. Sixty nine. Good <laughs> <disturbed>. time to start. Nice,
0: nice. <laughs> All
1: right. I think I think uh, everything wanted to know about sex was seventy four.
0: It's weird that like uh, from it says from seventy one. To seventy three, it was part of the ABC Friday primetime lineup. Ah. and but that was yes, uh, Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, Room Two Two Twenty Two, and The Odd Couple. And it feels like Brady Bunch and Partridge Family—that's more lighty family, yeah, yeah. friendly. Not really. <laughs> room Twenty Two Twenty Two clearly had you know some messages. You know, it was like maybe some kids were experimenting. Mm. Definitely, they had your favorite thing in, in, a, in a TV show, which is someone tries acid for the first time, jumps through a window.
1: <laughs> Classic. Which but, is weird because I never to... saw that show, and I was I I must not have been. I don't know. It could have been. I mean, I went to bed incredibly early as a kid. Right. My mom could not wait to get us out of her hair. <laughs> the, the three boys. So so we went we went to bed like. Like it's five, five in the afternoon. We were in our rooms, but so I'm sure. Like after Brady Bunch was over, we were packed off to bed because I do not remember any of those other show, like seeing any of any of those other shows. And and you know I I, I would have if I could have.
0: Here's a question: uh, The title Love American Style mm-hmm. was a spoof of a 1961 Italian comedy. Yeah, Italian. A oh. Love Italian Style. Yeah. Uh, no, Divorce Italian.
1: Style. Oh, Divorce Italian. Oh, shoot. Shoot, shoot. I was going to say I was going to mention earlier, and I but I still had the title wrong at that point. But yeah, I uh, later
0: spoofed by Divorce American Style mm. with Dick Van Dyke.
1: Ah, there we
0: go. Yep. no, that's neat. Yeah, For some Stuart reason, Mark I Nolan think was on uh, was on most most of them. Yeah, he was he was part of the House troupe.
1: I see, I see. Uh, so he was doing uh, Rockefeller simultaneously, I guess, or at least when he had time.
0: Rockford Files was uh, seventy four to eighty.
1: Oh, was it? Yep. I didn't realize it was that. Uh... Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh.
0: When we do our Rockford Files uh, podcast, then you'll. Oh uh...
1: my god, I'd love to. <laughs> Any excuse to watch the beginning. Love that show so much. Why
0: are you laughing? I'm just I'm just laughing at. Uh... I'm laughing at everything. You know what?
1: Because you got en- to laugh. Because my enthusiasm? No, I was just working. thinking
0: like the amount of like, oh, so much work. Like 74 to like 80? Oh, my God. Well, final Six season years.
1: was only half a season. Six so. years. I know. But then there was movies. Oh, those were good, too. Yeah. What those are we not going to well. talk
0: about? The uh, They brought
1: Beth back, which was great.
0: What are we not going to talk about? The commercials for Polaroid or whatever as well?
1: Got to bring those up. She she was in an episode of Rocket Files as well. I know. It's a good one.
0: I know. <laughs> Everyone thought they were married. <laughs> I know, and then I'm gonna have to say like I met Dennis Dugan, and you're gonna be like, we know you met Dennis Dugan. I don't want to hear the story again. That's right. We'd have to do him. like
1: a ten speed and uh, well Richie Brockman uh, spinoff as well. because yeah. those are pretty there short. There
0: was a Richie Brockman. That's yeah, was, right. Yeah. Were there any other spinoffs of? Uh...
1: I don't think so. They could have. You think they could have done something with Lance? Lance White with Tom oh, Selleck. Oh yeah, because that, yeah. that was a good character as well.
0: Oh, yeah, he, he was my, he was probably, I don't say he was my favorite, he was close to my favorite. though. He's a great
1: character, for sure. Yeah, that was a fantastic But character. Richie Brockelman was involved in the greatest two-episode sequence of The Rocker Files, which was the—was what that incredible con on uh, that guy who was a friend of Jim, of James Garner's and is not a lot of episodes of the show.
0: All right, here's a nerdy question then. Okay. So, uh, Lance White yeah. is based on what character from Maverick?
1: Oh, is there a character from Maverick he's yeah. based on? yeah. Oh, I've never seen Maverick. Uh,
0: Waco Williams.
1: Okay, I guess also he was like a perfect, perfect cowboy, yeah. super lucky. Maverick does all the all the hard work and he gets all the glory. Yeah, that's basically Lance White. Yeah, it's yeah. a great, it's a great character, and Tom Selleck does does a great job because he he's not he's not an egomaniac. Lance White, like everything falls his way, but he's not he's not big headed about it. He's totally like a great guy. Like you can't hate him because he's just a fantastic guy. You know. Okay, it's, I'm going to I'm, character I'm, character I'm going right. to list
0: uh, a bunch of bit parts. Okay. And then a bigger part. Okay. All played by the same person. Oh. You tell me who this person was. Okay. Here's the numerous bit parts this okay. person played in Rocket okay. Files Okay. Played a policeman. All right. Played a gas station attendant.
1: Was this Jim, was this James Garner's brother?
0: Could I have a name, please? Oh,
1: Bill Garner. <laughs>
0: That would be Jack Garner. Jack Garner. Yes. He wore Later glasses. He got and, a, uh, a reoccurring role yeah.
1: As? As a uh role sar- sar- like a police officer in the at the police station. I Captain can't remember. His name. McEnroe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. done.
0: done, Very nice.
1: Yes, he was uh quite often uh on the show. But there's another guy, the guy who played uh he played a psychic. He played the the the, the target of the con in the, the two part con okay. episode. And I can't remember his name, but he was a friend of James Garner's and uh because the Files was kind of James Garner's playground. He pretty much, you know, like part of his, uh, in his contract was that he get a new Firebird every year of the show. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And so this little, you know, and I mean, he would have kept doing it, but his knees gave out because he was also insisted on doing a lot of his own stunts in the show. But he was, you know, he wasn't a young, wasn't a spring chicken by that point. And, uh, you know, because he really did, like, he really did serve in, in the Korean War, James Garner. So he was, he wasn't like a really young guy by the time you get to the mid 70s oh is that right mm-hmm.
0: okay here's a here's a question for you sure. uh who's someone who was on uh both uh the rockford files okay and south park
1: rockford files and south park oh isaac hayes because he played he played uh Gandalf finch in the right nickname gandy
0: yep <laughs> well done
1: yeah well done you a few different uh reader moreno is also a, a fairly regular on as well right playing a prostitute
0: she did, and her name was...
1: Don't ask me. Rita. <laughs> That's easy to remember. How did I not know that? Yep. Uh.
0: All right, name someone who... Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Gabby, uh, a guy, the nickname Gabby okay. Hayes, was Ga- played by an Academy Award winning actor. Who was the actor?
1: On the show? Yes. A character named Gabby.
0: He was impeccably dressed, chauffeur-driven, boastful P.I., who was always on The Hustle
1: oh i don't rem- remember that character why don't i remember that character
0: you know him yeah with different hair than he has on the show because <laughs> he has hair on the show but you know him on everything else he does with no hair
1: is that right yeah it's not ringing a bell i'm sorry he
0: was in the episodes foul on the first play okay and just another polish wedding
1: okay oh, i don't remember that one but uh don't remember this actor
0: Louis gossett jr
1: okay 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah, it went for officer, officer and a Gentleman. Yep. That's funny. Hmm. Yes, he's in, a couple, he's in a couple episodes. That's right. I do remember him.
0: Good.
3: You're We're
1: taking right.
0: a walk down memory lane.
1: <laughs> down Dave's down memory lane. the
0: Dame of Memory Lane. When you ask later why they aren't senile, it's this crazy <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> the, um, this is
0: the stuff that, like... I, every every week, I, I just take little uh, strands of your brain and I just knit them together <laughs> and connect them together.
1: Again. <laughs> don't don't forget uh, the actor who played Boss Hogg played a, a played a, uh, James Garner's lawyer on the show as well. Oh, nice and, in, and an effective lawyer,
0: right? Yeah, quite well, quite you know, there's a lot of ineffective people around. Mm. Me, let's be honest. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I think like uh, yeah. Could you have done a spinoff like nowadays? I would say they do a spinoff with Angel
1: yeah and the thing about the interesting thing about angel's character is that it kind of changes like in the beginning he's he's of use to to Jimmy because he works for a newspaper he works for his his brother-in-law's newspaper oh okay. and so he has access to like uh files and stuff like that that he's like, a
0: low level filing clerk
1: yeah at the newspaper and so he has access to information that that Jimmy might need for cases and so he kind of uses them that way but later on he becomes le- less and less reputable until he's he's just kind of a street level a kind of street level criminal uh you know kind of con man character that's uh yeah but what's great is that he's terrible as a con man (laughs) in that two-part episode he's he's the worst actor of all of all the people that jimmy hires oh that's such a great episode like even this like the whole (laughs) like having to hire people and have people like show up and like they're all like hustlers like they're all these like con men and and they're like oh i haven't seen you since such and such you know and blah 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 and oh it's good and
0: this uh, okay. What the podcast should be mm-hmm. is just is just a podcast called the best episode, okay. and you just do a series, and you got to just do a, uh, like an app. Ep- you just talk about the best episode of that series. Okay, so you just do that one. Yeah, just yeah. about just, just and about your favorite, that
1: one. the two parter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. Do you remember that one?
0: So you don't have to fuck around. You don't have to yeah. do the shitty uh, episodes of things you know. Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. yeah Cuz it is great. They're running the, they're basically doing the sting, yeah, like a modern version of the sting and sure. showing you how breaking down how they do a con. And it's great.
1: But even that even like when they need more money, they do like an if they do like an insight, like a, a smaller con in yeah. the con in order to get some funding to carry on with the con. Yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. So
0: it's uh uh oh by the way, this is absolutely nothing for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um but uh be, because just because Stephen J Canell created rockford files uh C- no he didn't oh didn't he oh my mistake All right, oh he maybe did. he
1: co-created it was it was a friend of um was it roy something or other who was a creator
0: oh this is a good question i got i, I know got that this canal inform- worked I on this information it information right in front of me
1: oh okay maybe it's okay
0: created by uh roy huggins and Stephen J. canal oh
1: okay it was a co- co-creation okay
0: but okay. you know maybe maybe he did more
1: Which, um, but more interesting is the guy that they hired they hired this guy to write like a hundred episodes like synopsis like, a, not maybe 100, but, you know, like an incredible amount. So you'll see like all these shows that are based on his, his story okay. outlines. Because he just sat down and he just wrote out all these story outlines that were used throughout the, f- the first three or four seasons. And they kept pulling from them.
0: Well, this is the dumb bit of trivia that I'm just okay. going to throw out right now. Is I was looking at, because uh, I'm cleaning, uh, cleaning out some files. Yeah. And I found my pay slip for uh, 21 Jump Street. Okay. But yeah. Because I'm in the first season of 21 Jump Street, like, one episode. Yeah. Uh, but it's not called 21 Jump Street. It was originally called Jump Street Station.
1: I see. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of a thing. There. 21 to... Jump Street is a better name.
0: 21 Jump Street is a better name. And I think time has proven that. <laughs> right you are.
1: Yeah. It's good they changed it.
0: But, yeah. Uh, so good for good for Roy Huggins. We're giving a shout out to Roy Huggins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he's, uh, was a producer on maverick yes. fugitive hunter and as we now know rockford files
1: pretty good run there pretty That's good run
0: it. that is pretty good he was also a member of the communist party
1: <laughs> whoa yeah that might have had some bad effect in these 50s
0: yeah it did did not go well
1: <laughs> um it's interesting that he was still friends yeah, with james garner go well whoops it's interesting he was still friends with james garner because James Garner quit Maverick in a in a, a pay dispute with the network, and left, and he was replaced by Bart Maverick. So I think he was Brett Maverick, and then his his That's cousin right, yeah. Bart uh, came, came on the show. And then uh, I've not, I've only seen I think I've only seen one episode of Maverick, and I only think it wasn't a it wasn't even a James Garner one. It was a uh, it was one with Bart Maverick. It was fine. It seemed fine, but
0: okay. In the in the movie Maverick, okay. Who does James Gardner play in that movie with... Uh, like Mel Gibson is Maverick.
1: Yes, so he's his father.
0: So he's also Maverick. Yeah. So is he the same character?
1: I don't know. I don't know if he's Brett Maverick and... Maybe Mel Gibson is Burt Maverick. Uh, but Ma- okay, it.
0: Mel Gibson was Brett Maverick. Okay. And James Gardner was Marshall Zane Cooper. Oh, okay. Who was later revealed to be Brett's father. Ah, uh, okay. So maybe... <laughs>
1: I, th- I think the show is based not Maybe. it's not a continuation of the Maverick story it's a it's a it's using that character like reusing that character which the okay. show didn't do which is interesting the
0: screenplay leaves itself open to conjecture I see some assumed that he was actually playing the character yeah. who he originally played in the Maverick television series yeah. Uh, yeah so do what you want with it if you want and apparently there was a Quite a few Maverick uh, comic books hmm. uh, drawn by Dan Spiegel.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, ar-
0: go. good artist. Uh, and if you go to uh, James Garner's hometown
1: yes. of Norman, Oklahoma. I see.
0: Uh, you're going to find a 10-foot tall bronze statue of Brett Maverick. Huh.
1: But not James Garner. Yeah. it's James- He left. They don't like him. Yeah, they but di- they love the TV show Maverick. They dipped
0: him in bronze.
1: <laughs> did you know that he used to uh, torment Steve McQueen by throwing stuff in his backyard?
0: I want to hear more about this, and I love it. But I'm going to tell you this <laughs> okay. real quick. All right, that bronze statue. Yep, that being put up. Yep, one of the happiest days of James Garner's life.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah,
0: and that was in a book called The Garner Files. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, tell me more about. This.
1: Oh, there's not much more to say. I just that's that's the story. He used to. Uh, I guess the, he had a shared a backyard with Steve McQueen. I love it. Who we didn't like very much because Steve McQueen was a bit it. of an irascible character. Love it. Love it so far. I love and it so used, much. And he used to just like sort of torment him by just throwing objects into his backyard.
0: Isn't that the best? <laughs> Don't you want a movie about that?
1: That would be good, actually. Oh. Even, yeah, could it could be like just a small Netflix movie or something, you know, on yeah. Amazon Prime. Let's rate this and let's sell it. I think we've got, we, we, have, we finally have a go project here. Talk about Project Greenlight. This is—it's got greenlight written all over it.
0: Yeah, uh, Steve McGueen also had a, a big feud with yule brinner
1: Yes, he was—he was an irascible character.
0: Yeah, neat. Yeah, a lot of feud.
1: I guess when you reach that level of fame, I mean, he was so famous he like quit acting for like five years and just hung, hung around was the he house. Still
0: acting, but he quit. But he didn't tell anyone. And he was just not acting. <laughs> he just yeah. Was he still taking the money? That's, that's right.
1: He's still be. taking the money. All right. No, he just made a lot of dough, and he just thought, "I don't need to do this anymore."
0: I guess he didn't. he was right? Yeah. And then later, someone took his name. Someone <laughs> named Steve McQueen now is working. That's he's a
1: fire. He's a fashion guy, isn't he?
0: Yeah. There you go. Maybe I don't know how the world works.
1: And fa- I think he's directed movies, though, Too. Yeah, I think. Or so. maybe I'm thinking of Tom.
0: I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I think there's a Steve McQueen that's like a director. Dave, listen. I uh, I fell on my head a couple of months ago.
1: <laughs> but who's the who directed Nocturnal Animals? Isn't he? Isn't he a clothes designer as well? Isn't that like a Tom something? Or I can't remember his well, name. I want to say, say Tom Brady, but that's clearly not right.
0: Go- no, that would be wrong. Even I know that's wrong. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my for my computer to cool down. It's oh. right now telling me I don't know. Okay, nocturnal it says uh, animals watch. It
1: says he's hot blooded.
0: Yeah, now actual nocturnal animals will be coming up. Uh, that was <laughs> the by Tom Ford.
1: Tom Ford, who's also a fashion designer. Okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. What's it about? It's about ninety minutes long.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, Dave! Oh, it's Dave a, quit podcasting
0: a long time ago.
1: <laughs> it's about it's about a it's a story within a story because this person has written a novel that's kind of like uh it's kind of like a revenge story on his ex-wife or something like that and it tells a story that's kind of it's kind of i don't know i can't remember it all now but i really enjoyed it all right i I enjoyed it It had amy adams in it i uh, very good she's very good and had other people as well i will take your recommendation i will watch it you should watch it Uh, Well, i just said i was going to my god i was i was just i was just doubling down on my recommendation please
0: Please don't double down. Speaking of
1: movies, let's let's talk a little bit about a movie. Spoiler free. Spoiler free as we can can, but we both went and we said we wouldn't. But we did. We went and saw Doctor Strange and the multiverse Multiverse of of Mad Magazine. Multiverse of Mad Magazine. And the
0: universe is being folded in on itself (laughs) so that it makes a hilarious punchline.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It was never that hilarious the punchline, but okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Manatees. And what (laughs)
1: happens
2: is
0: Yeah, I've got uh, I got a beef about it. Well, I, I think a, I that got a beef, and you uh, you really liked it. When, uh, when
1: well, got, I wouldn't. I mean, I would say I'm a step above what you thought of it. Okay. Like you said, you said when we were leaving, you said I would a B minus. You said to me.
0: Yeah, it may have gone a little okay, D-
1: down please. since then.
0: I'm gonna go uh, B for uh, presentation. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go she. I'm gonna go C maybe C plus c4 plot that was a bit of a sloppy plot and then it it did yeah. something that really annoyed me which was
1: I know exactly what it is
0: what well, no I don't know if you know what it was but it, it was the same thing that morbius did which was it had all these bonus scenes at the end oh. that were just like and 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 the the bonus scene that was like in the middle made it look like did you not see the scene that was right before this yeah was I hated it, that was no one watching this movie because yeah. it, it ends with like an interesting scene that's mm-hmm. like Dum. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What's that mean? Seconds later. Hey, just, how's it going? Eh. Uh, yeah. Things are fine. Eh. Yeah. That was nothing. <laughs> right? And by the way, how about that? It's like, well, you just told me that already. I just yeah, saw yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But huh? Remember?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was two minutes ago. I. Uh-huh. Just, I feel like. Here's how I feel. I feel like. Ba-ba. Uh, that the movie is in the director's control and until the, the 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 end scene of the movie, then Marvel makes their own little scene they put in between the credit sequence. And then he was allowed to, like, tack on his own little thing at the end, which was great. Which was fine. It was great.
0: Which was very, um, like, uh, the first Spider-Man movie where there's a scene with Captain America at the end, which is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is just a... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's fun. That's fun. Yeah.
0: Why not have some fun at a movie? Yeah.
1: I like it. And you you know how I feel about those uh, mid-credit things, which I used to enjoy them. I used to think they were fun. now Now I'm a... I've enjoyed them less and less. What
0: I would like to do sometime, if 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 you you could, is like you have a movie, Mm -hmm. and then the mid credit sequence. Yeah. It's just bloopers, but not from your movie. Like I would like to it, to be bloopers. Bloopers <laughs> from, like from Hogan's a, Heroes. I would like to be bloopers. I'm gonna say <laughs> bloopers from a Jackie Chan movie. Okay. And I've just seen Jackie Chan getting injured over oh, right and over again from <sighs> being, rub- being rubbed by yeah, his stunt crew. Just put the ones from Rumble in the Bronx <laughs> in the middle, and just like right. what, what's happening. And, but it's still the credits on the side from our movie. Yeah, rolling. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like these are entertaining sure, watching these. Sure. But okay, what did you think of the
1: film? I, you know, I would agree with you actually. I I I would agree. I think. You know, in terms of uh, direction, I think it was one of the, like, best directed Marvel films I've seen. Like, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, just someone who knew, knows how to, like, make a pop movie. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, make a movie go pop, and pop, make pop, it move. Pop, pop. And there's lots of scenes in there where I was seriously, like, anxious and had, like, emotional element. Like, I was, you know, I was emotionally what, connected to what was happening because the movie was effectively pulling me through it. Right. But, you know, it did, it did this trope that you don't like, which is the powerful woman who... Has to have her comeuppance, which I don't quite understand why this is like a thing that, ever, that no one can think of what to do with with female characters after they become super powerful or whatever.
0: And there's been two Sony Marvel movies yeah. who have already done this. Mm,
1: mm. And then and then, um, I felt like the film, I don't want to make up spoilers, but I felt like the film kind of negated a TV series that it was based, part of it was based on as well. Like it kind of, besides the, Did you see the TV series? Yes, I did.
0: Okay. I can give you some information about the TV, about what happened, because I looked it up today.
1: Like, what happened? What do you mean? Oh.
0: Here's what happened. Okay. So, Sam Raimi's in the middle of the writing process with the writer, and, what yeah. happened, and yeah. they're doing Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So, they're halfway through yeah. the writing process of Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And then he gets told, they're doing a TV series called WandaVision. Oh. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, we're still writing this, so if there's anything that affects this... Let me know. Yeah. And so they went. Okay, these things might affect this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so he ended up like he was. It was. It was happening while he, they were developing this. Yeah. Yeah. Simultaneously, not you've done this and this not follows. Con- yeah. This. Yeah. This is. They're just so working. So it's concurrently, concurrently happening. Concurrently, they've yeah. got two different story arcs going. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's how do we get these together? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what what ended up happening was. He watched. He didn't watch all of *WandaVision*. Okay, um, but he said, "I watched the scenes that they said would be relevant." I see. So on the set, while they're shooting this, and and again, like he said, like when he started shooting, they didn't have a second uh, half of the movie yet. They just started shooting before they had an ending, so they were kind of making it up as <gasps> a go. Which, to be fair, yeah, is how people make movies. Like there's a lot of times people will start making a movie without knowing the end of the movie. That is not an unusual. It's not an unusual,
1: thing. and it it's it's a, it is a problem with Marvel that they have a a set date for all of their movies. Sure, sure. But the fact that this film was was delayed for two years yeah, yeah. really should have given them an opportunity to like. Right.
0: But apparently, more than once, Elizabeth Olsen would say to him, "Oh, we covered this already in the TV show. Okay. And it went this way, so this wouldn't make any sense. Okay." So I was like, oh, well, that's good to know. Thanks for letting me know that. We'll change that then. And they change it on the fly. Oh my gosh. But it's not reflective. So it's not a journey from the TV show to this. It's, we'll try and stitch it together and make it make some sense. Sure. So yeah, so that I think. So it's almost
1: like, it's almost like instead of being Earth 639 or whatever the Marvel Earth is, this is a, a Wanda story from Earth 641. So it, does, it has nothing to do with the storyline from the the original Wanda that we've been watching in the in the other Marvel films. This is a wholly totally. So it really is a multiverse of madness, because this is a different universe well, with a different Wanda biggest, story.
0: My biggest problem, I would say, okay, I don't like the character arc, but
1: yeah, uh, my biggest problem is this. So fun you, for the actress to play, though. What's that? I think uh, probably, probably fun for the actress she's to play. She's great, and she does she's, a great job with everyone
0: it. everyone. Acts the fuck out of it. Oh,
1: there's, well, everyone's really good. Yeah. Everyone's having a good time. It's yeah. great.
0: Um. Yeah And there's genuine shocks And there's
1: genuine And yeah. there's genuine Okay <laughs> And there's some fun parts to some it some fun parts yeah. to it But it some could little have been more
0: Could have been more fun Because uh, When you first heard Like what's ha What is it It's Sam Raimi And he's directing a film And it's called Doctor Strange Yes Oh I like it so far Yeah in the multiverse, multiverse of, of madness. madness yeah. Holy balls. Yeah. That sounds like something. Mm-hmm. When do we see that multiverse of madness? Well, you get well, to you see it. Well, you
1: don't because the we way get the to movie's see it done for a, move, for the a way, minute. But the problem is is this what you just said. The way the movie's been written is you cannot make it that complicated. Why? Because you are making it on the fly, so you you're trying to stitch together these all these elements, but you don't you just how are you going to like go to like, you know, hot dog fingers world? While you're trying to do you know, like a movie that's been mm-hmm. written over two or three years by a couple of guys trying to get a movie made is a lot different than a film that's being written by people on the fly based a, on information they're getting at second hand.
0: Like you don't even have to go like, How the heck do you get from universe to universe? I don't know, we got a character who can go from universe to universe. Sure. Oh shit. So she can just like do it. Yeah. Great. Yeah, so we're yeah. gonna go from universe no, no, to universe. I, I know no, what you're no, saying. She can't do it like it's it's like the joke from uh from like into the spider verse yeah she can't do it on command <laughs> well i was like all right sure. well that's sure. too bad when can she do it eh, when the plot needs it yeah i suppose yeah. you know a little bit
1: yeah yeah but I, that's whatever but because i mean you can still do it even if you, you just have to have the trigger that puts you into different yeah. places and, like, and, and, and that's tr- fine and the trigger
0: is when she's scared
1: you there's be, lots of times, to be, scared lots of times to be scared in this movie.
0: Or quite frankly, Dr. Strange scare her. <laughs> like you but, know, make a giant spider then. Fine, scare her. It's fine.
1: But I think the problem is is that you end up you also have to have it coherent. You know, and it's hard to make a big puzzle on the fly. Like if I said to you, I want you to like make a big giant puzzle with a bunch of puzzle pieces yeah. and then fit them all together, yeah. but you're not you're not going to know like what the other puzzle pieces look like. Right. But I want you to fit it all together when you're done. That's that's difficult. And I think that was the problem they they were facing. Well, maybe, so you end up having to kinda have the multiverse of madness becomes the duo verse of madness. Maybe. You know? Okay,
0: you got to, you got to, okay, there's one, one or two there's a couple of things. One, uh going with the idea that and again, we're not gonna <laughs> for you, don't worry about it. You know, you can still see it and you're not gonna be But like <laughs> it's not a multiverse of madness. Like literally I'll give one like spoiler which is like uh, literally the uh, you know it's like this we're in a crazy world now. Oh, what's the deal? They cross on red instead of green. <laughs> what? This is madness. What are we in some kind of multiverse of madness? Like uh, what, uh, yeah like and pizzas in a different shape. Holy shit what? That's literally what, what that one universe is. Yeah. It's like those are the craziness, and and you just been through all. You saw briefly, if you saw like the trailer, you saw most of the universes. Yeah, you, they just wouldn't go through them, and yeah. they don't stop. And you're like, oh shit! You just showed me all of these Chekhov's universes. We must stop off at some of them later, right? <laughs> nope. No, M- motherfucker, we've been through this in the first Doctor Strange movie, where he, you know, got like, you know, his. Uh, Someone poked at his eye on his forehead. Yeah. Open your eye, which is a weird thing when you see this movie. And uh, <laughs> But like open your eye and then he whips through yeah. all these multiverses. Great. So we've done through this before. And now you're going to go through all these crazy universes again. And he's going to be like, oh. It's like this. You've done it. You've. We know this. What's the big deal? Why don't we stop at any of them? Just the black and white one. What the hell? One's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. One you're made of paint. Like that sounds fun. <laughs> don't you want to go there? Yeah. Don't, do you think? Don't you think Yeah, Sam there was... should
1: have been like a chase sequence through those.
0: Hundred percent, there should be. Yeah,
1: that's that's what the film really lacked. Yeah, there. and
0: there was a the thing like about it. like, there's other Doctor Stranges. Okay, what are they like in those worlds? Mm-hmm. What's paint Doctor Strange like? <laughs> What's old timey 1920s Doctor Strange like? Mm-hmm. Like these are things that like, wouldn't you like to see Sam Raimi make a see doing a black and white? Thing. Yeah. There's so much
1: fun. Wouldn't you had. like to have seen, yeah, do a black and white thing, a slapsticky black and white sequence would have been great.
0: And when you know that your movie is going to make infinity millions of dollars, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, you can you can do what you normally do with a movie and go, well, they ain't got the budget for it. <laughs> like you got the budget for <laughs> no, it. No,
1: they have the budget. I think it's just time is the, is the issue. Okay. But it's so weird that the film sat for like two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one said, hey, we have some time let's like fix some of these issues and
0: not okay and not only did sam Raimi clearly not watch um uh, wandavision which yeah. maybe
1: couldn't yeah
0: though someone like kevin feige should have like gone you know yeah if you're doing the, but yeah. like who cares uh <laughs> yeah. but he clearly didn't watch uh into the spider verse mm. because it's the same motivation for the bad guy yeah like same yeah and the same payoff for the ba- for that motivation mm. at the end. Mm. And the same, you know, listen, you do this, all the boo ba boo will go and it's crazy banana pants. Like, okay, <laughs> but at least in those worlds, we get to see, in that one, we get to see some of the other worlds and how crazy they are. And, you know, it, it, that was much more of a multiverse of madness than it we was.
1: Did we get to see the other worlds?
0: yeah. You got to see their origin stories, but also every oh, okay. one of the characters was so different. Yeah, yeah. You know. I was gonna say we
1: got to see the characters. I don't remember seeing their worlds that much, but yeah, no, I know we got to see their characters. and a bit of their origin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I no, mean, no, you no. had a world where a Spider, spider Verse is better. By a pig and yeah, got yeah.
0: superpowers.
1: Spider versus a pig got bitten by a spider and got no. What no, what? No, what? a
0: spider got bitten by a pig. That's how that's how Spider Pig got his powers. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a spider. And he got bitten by a pig. I didn't know that. And the pig was Aunt May. Yes. And that's how he got his powers. And it's weird that he's called Peter Porker when he was a spider. I understand. (laughs) But I think she adopted him afterwards because she felt bad because she bit him. Okay. But he got the powers of a pig. I see. But he was already a spider.
1: Uh, Okay. Oh. Uh, Okay. Um, And he was played
0: by John Mulaney as basically a 1930s comedian that's that movie and that had come out a couple of years earlier Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. honestly multiverse of madness you gotta you gotta top it jack you gotta
1: do it you do have to top it and you need to i was hoping for a little bit more like spirit of evil dead 2 (laughs) i have to admit just just a bit more like antic a bit more of an antic film and and, okay uh, but
0: let's just go all right what the movie's about generally mm -hmm. okay and again without being specific you have characters asking Doctor Strange, literally, through the movie, are you happy? Mm. And it's like, meanwhile, you've got another character who's dealing with grief. Yeah. Okay. So you've got one character defining what makes them happy with another character on the opposite end of the spectrum dealing with grief. Okay. Well, there's something there. There's definitely you can make a movie about that. What What's that all about? Are they? How's that connect with anything? doesn't. <laughs> We're just going to every so often... Bring it up and yeah. someone will just like ask again. How you doing? You happy? What do you mean you fucking happy? The universe is close. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> are you happy? Yeah. What that? What's that mean? And also, who cares if you're like happy right now with someone else over there is dealing with like the hardest thing ever. Deaths and uh, all this stuff. But only it really feels well, your like your
1: problems are your problems. You, yeah, your problems. you can't compare. You can't compare. But you can when you've got a hero and a villain. But there's people suffering all the time. That isn't. Yeah, yeah. That shouldn't affect how you feel about your problems. Your Fair. problems are your problems. That's an interesting thing to bring up. That'd be interesting
0: to bring up in a movie, maybe. <laughs> okay. Where you're just like, I guess I can't complain because someone is always going after someone is dealing with something worse. Yeah. No, you're you deserve your own happiness even if other people are sad. There, that is an idea for a movie. That's yeah. something. But yeah. what's the movie about? Mm-hmm. At all, like yeah. what's his arc? Yeah, what's her arc? What's any arc? What are you doing? Well, what are we doing I, in this movie?
1: I do think there's
0: what's it's what's not so much America's a, arc.
1: It's not such yeah. That's the question. But there's not so much an arc for his character. But it's more of like a proof test for his character because we see how other Doctor Stranges fail when they come to when they come to like the this moral moment of moral choice, right? And they fail, and he doesn't. You know, and I guess that's something. But at the same time, it's kind of funny, I, I've been um, listening to another podcast, Okay, Horrors. I don't like you
0: listening to it. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Um, and they've been going through the Sam Raimi films, okay. uh, film by film. And one of the people in the show, I, did, I don't know if it's a host, or someone mentioned that Sam Raimi films often have a don't do that morality to them. And if you do do it, then you will pay for what you did. Okay. You know... Uh, whether you listen to the tape you listen to the tape no you didn't know what it was even though you didn't know what it was you sh- you shouldn't be prying other people's things Okay, <laughs> you know Fine. you're gonna pay for you're gonna yeah, pay for your right. nosiness in an extreme way but that's that's, right. that's part of like the don't do you that. should
0: give the nice lady the loan
1: you should give the nice lady the loan you should you should uh, don't steal the money don't take that right. money you found in a, in, a pl- in a crash plane sure it's only gonna cause you trouble don't do that right I don't know what Kevin Costner did in For the Love of the Game. but Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not really sure what that would be in... Uh, the in, Gift uh, either. In, in uh, Quick and the Dead, but okay.
1: Well, there's... Yeah. Don't there's,
0: shoot the rope that's
1: holding your father up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don't miss. I don't know if that, and that, that character deserves... I don't think she deserves any punishment for her, yeah. but I think the kids don't oh yeah yeah don't you know don't seek your father don't, don't fame don't seek don't fame. seek fame or don't seek yeah. don't seek your father's approval when obviously it's that's it's worthless seven
0: deadly sin there yeah that's
1: right <laughs> but and this film has kind of a don't do that too which is don't read the dark hold you know because okay. it has bad effects and even he pays for it and that's the whole purpose that's the whole point of the end of the film as well that kind of the little the little moment here's, there.
0: The, here's the problem with that though sorry sorry am i interrupting a point no, that no. you're going to make uh,
1: th- I'm done. The
0: previous movie has uh, has the uh, the a- ancient one. Is that what her name is? Sure. Okay, ancient one. Uh, and, the
1: non-Tibetan ancient one, right?
0: Who does just that? Yeah. Like she basically makes a me- uh, a deal with uh, Dormammu. Like, mm-hmm. and that's like when she's out, it is just like, hey, you've got a mark on your head. You've been make you've been using powers of the dark, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it- and it's never really. And that was wrong. Yeah. It's like, and she compromised a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she's still a good person. And when she passes away, it's, it's still a noble death. Yeah. And she's still a good person. And he follows her advice and not, you blew it because you, you were a woman and you went for too much power. That was your problem. It's like, no, none of that. Just like, yeah, sometimes you have to make a compromise bye mm-hmm. it's like okay <laughs> bye and so and so the last time we saw you know wanda yeah she had a good reason to do what she was doing and it's like you got to make a bit of a compromise okay well fuck you that you know, was bad on you for that. that was wrong couldn't have done that yeah yeah it goes i mean every, like the first I, movie
1: but that's i i don't like i can't i i can't criticize a director for having their own uh you know, their own kind of sense of, of storytelling. Dr. Strange's whatever, you know.
0: whole thing is uh, he doesn't follow the rules mm-hmm. and that's good. Wong follows the rules yeah. and tries to stop him from doing things he shouldn't do and yeah. naughty Dr. Strange. Yeah. And Dr. Strange instead reads books he shouldn't read, mm-hmm. does things he shouldn't do, yeah. and, is, and his mentor is someone who made a deal with a demon and it worked out fine. <laughs> right? Sure. And, so, and, and in doing so, they saved the world. Good for them. And then later on, like in Endgame, he has to sacrifice Stark, and he knows he has to sacrifice Stark. He mm-hmm. knows it; no one else knows it, but he knows it. Yeah. And he's like, "This is a compromise I've got to make. Stark yeah. Stark dying is the only way." Not just
1: compromise Stark, but also the blip is also the result of his of his that's right his gamble
0: because he's seen all of the potential outcomes, and yeah. he's like, "The only way of this working is if is if Stark sacrifices himself." I'm mm-hmm. willing to make that sacrifice of Stark. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Next time we see him, he's in the Spider-Man movie and he's going, "Look, we got to sacrifice all these villains." Yeah. And Spider-Man's, "No, we don't. I'm not going to let them die." And, and Strange is look, "Man, you got to you got to these 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 fuckers got to die. <laughs> and I'm going to sacrifice them. I'm yeah. going to morally compromise yeah. to 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 make this happen." Yeah. And 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 Peter's like, "No, I'm not." And then Peter's right. Peter was correct. Okay, we'll start. So he was wrong all right uh but you but listen you crack the
1: multiverse they they both had a point they both had a point i think I, I, Aunt may would agree they both had a point that's sure
0: and then and then it ends with like him cracking yeah. the multiverse open yeah and like ooh, this looks like you weakened the multiverse oh boy so this was something there was consequences yeah let's see what happens in the next movie hey has this ever happened before yeah there was a thing with spider-man that happened oh is this connected <laughs> well, it wasn't connected at all when we opened the multiverse just seconds ago no. why'd we why'd you bring it up then why'd yeah. you talk about it yeah you know just it happened oh but that's not why she got through or there was no there was none of that and uh, okay everything that happened to Wanda in WandaVision did that matter nope Okay, it's nothing mattered before, and we're just, we're just starting from scratch. Yeah, That's what it felt like, was just sure. like a guy who did his homework on the bus, and just went, I got the gist, I got the gist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. No, I get it. I can, I can write Return of the Jedi. So, uh, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. So, they're all family. What? No, they're not all family. Yeah, she's his sister or something. <laughs> no, no, why do you think she's his sister? I mean, she's his sister. Like, what? I don't know, okay, I guess we had a love triangle going no 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 she's a sister all right fine. <laughs> whatever you say yeah. yeah and also here's the thing you get like uh you know again marvel is uh dodgy with the gay characters uh in the movies for uh reasons of other countries yes you literally had like two gay characters show up and then just fell in a hole
1: yes we're just w- like but don't worry when they show it in china they won't be in the movie at all it's fine They'll be good. They'll they be fine. They just
0: fell in a fucking hole. And then and then you get this afterwards. They're just like, listen, if they're as strong as you, yeah. then I'm sure they're going to be just fine. What do you mean? They just fell in a hole. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got superpowers. Uh, why would
1: they be fine? There's,
0: there's no reason they'd be fine. I know you're saying it to be nice. But like, <laughs> it is bad when you have like the only two like gay characters
1: show well, up. What do you think, what do you think is going to happen with them? What should they do with them? They can't have them integrated in the film why? Because they can't edit them out.
0: Yeah, you can. You just yeah, fuck it. Fuck it.
1: <laughs> but you can't edit them out, so fuck you it. have to keep them in. Yeah. That's a unfortunate
0: This is going to be this is going to be something that they're going to need to deal with sooner rather than later because there are a lot of gay characters in the Marvel universe and you can't you can't, well, the, the you weird... can't deny that for like Infinity.
1: But the weird part to me is that China also bans movies that have witches in them. Like witches or ghosts and stuff like that, okay. they don't they don't let that they don't allow that either, and so I would assume that Wanda herself would make the film unacceptable. There
0: was a bit of me that wondered if that was the reason they never called her the Scarlet Witch in the in the movies. Oh, that's probably probably why. I was why. like, oh, okay, then that's trouble. But like it's weird in this one where every time they say the word witch, everyone's yeah. like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> it's like no to you a witch isn't bad. A yeah. witch is someone who's a Wiccan. yeah what what are you talking about? like the oh witch is coming like a that's, why is this bad? It's weird? Uh, so my problems are it's not a multiverse of madness that's problem number one <laughs> yeah you didn't watch what came before sure i've seen this movie twice before as marvel movies <laughs> that's a that's a that's a problem yeah uh what the hell is the movie about what's your emotional arc sure. i don't fucking know um what's her name rachel is it rachel vice what's her what's who's the co-star the woman uh who was rachel Dr. mcadams rachel, rachel mcadams yeah What's Rachel McAdams' deal? Mm. Like, you want to see a bunch of different Rachel McAdams as well, or, like, one where she's, like, Doctor Strange or some shit, like, something. Like, she plays someone getting married, and then she plays someone who works in a lab.
2: Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Fun times
0: for you in the Multiverse of
2: Madness.
0: Oh, and also, you know, they have a whole bunch of, you know, uh, cameos from characters without saying who these characters are. But it's just like, okay, you might want to just, like, describe who they are or... Why this matters? It's like, there was a real... And you all know who we're talking about, right? I don't know. If you're just a regular person watching this movie... Yeah, yeah. Who are these people? Sure. What does this mean? Are those people in our universe too? Yeah. Why are they in this universe? What's going on? Was that person in a TV show? I think they sort of were. What's happening? Who are they? Why? What's what's this? It's and interesting because then... the
1: screenwriter is... He's the guy who wrote Loki, the Loki series. Okay. So it's... I, so... I think he knows how to write like an arc and write a story. Right. I just I just feel like it's just the usual thing with these movies, which is everyone's in a and, and rush and a hurry and a mad Yeah. The panic.
0: characters that were the cameo characters, they make a moral compromise. And that's the kind of point in a movie where you go, and their moral compromise was the wrong compromise. <laughs> and that's why they fail. Yeah. That's a good that's a good one to go with. It's yeah. just like they decided we're gonna take the shortcut, we're gonna do something to eliminate a threat, the thing that we did to eliminate the threat made things worse because we took the moral shortcut. Yeah, That's an interesting thing to play in a movie. Instead, it was like, eh, did that have any effect? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. Anyway, here comes something that's going to... Like, here comes the meteor and it's going to kill the dinosaurs. Okay, fine. (laughs) Who cares then? What's... It's cute. It's fine. It looks good in a trailer. It's a nice tease.
1: Yeah. But... What's the arc and what's the point? Well, it was enjoyable watching them get, uh, their yeah, in, their innings getting. That
0: know. was the fun of like <laughs> old what if comics, is anything could happen and you yeah. could go that extreme. Yeah. That part was fine, though. By the time you get to say uh, character number blank, you're kind of like, well, I know Jason's going to kill all the teenagers except for the one girl at the end. Yeah, I know this is going to happen, and and everyone's going to. It's okay. That's fine. I mean, it was it was legitimately shocking. Some of
1: it it was good. It's it's interesting, it's an interesting our, our re- reaction because I feel like I I have way less emotional in, um investment into the into any of this stuff. You know, like I didn't grow up loving well, Spider Man. No I didn't grow up. No, this. no, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm just talking yeah. about the whole entire universe okay. of things. Like I I don't really care about it. So when I go to see these movies, I'm just kind of like. Oh, that's interesting. That's <laughs> basically my reaction. But to me, it was <laughs> the same
0: as if, like, and then
1: Popeye is there. It's
0: just like, I got, 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 It's like,
1: hey, that they got Popeye. That would have been good.
0: Yeah. And then Popeye shows up and, like, I've got some spinach. <laughs> what spinach? What? Oh, arsenic. <laughs> like, I, I ate arsenic. Like, when his head explodes, it's <laughs> like, okay. I guess you killed
1: Popeye. Fine. That would have been good, too. That's, that's something. Oh, man, they should have done that. That is a, a multiverse of madness. That's right. Who's this over here? Even even King Syndicate characters
0: are. Yeah. King oh, characters. you're going up against Mr. Peanut. <laughs> like, why is Mr. Peanut here? Oh, they really have. Hello. A... <laughs> I hope no one has a nut allergy. <laughs> Watch out for that giant elephant. What? <laughs> <laughs> the elephant eats him. It's like, oh my god, they killed Mr. Peanut.
1: <laughs> hope the M&M guys don't show up.
0: <laughs> oh my god, they're here. <laughs> oh no, they are melting in your hand. <laughs> the giant hand. <laughs>
1: yeah that that was the emotional depth of that scene to me no i I agree with you i mean it's a spectacle and that but that's what those movies are anyway they're just spectacle that's what they that's what they're selling they're selling spectacle
0: yeah but again to who like the 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 thing the thing that you you got with like the last okay like the last spider-man movie had a lot of stuff in it that you're just like is it who's this for like it's good but it's like were you like a real big fan of Spider-Man from like 20 years ago? And yeah, yeah. You really want to see what he's up to now cuz that's a bold choice for your third Spider-Man movie that's like kind of in the Marvel universe and we've put all this stuff behind us.
1: Like strange, strange well I mean depends what your age, your age, what you're aiming at because right. but you're you're aiming into like the pocket of, like, 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. Sure, you're you know, going nostalgia. Kids that grew up with those things that in a way that we didn't. Because yeah, you're, we saw you're them making in the movies. a whole choice yeah. going,
0: like, hey, remember Amazing Spider-Man 2 with, like, Electro versus Spider-Man? Yeah, that was a big piece of shit. What if we bring those characters back into the movie you like? Like, I guess. Why, though? Do I want to see Andrew Garfield? Apparently, I do. Because... What they do, then, is they give you an emotional arc for those characters, too. And, like, they yeah. give you some heart and
1: yeah. they all care about. But also, what if we bring in some really good actors to play these roles again? Yeah. Because Andrew Garfield was in horrible movies, but he's really good sure, sure, sure. in those movies. Alfred
0: Molina is a great actor. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is a great fucking actor. <laughs> yeah. These are all great actors. Even Jamie Foxx, you know, that's an, I think he's got an Oscar. Jesus, may probably. Uh, you know, even though we host a game show, I don't know. But like, they knew the emotional arc to you do. They had an with Oscar the, for
1: hosting a game show?
0: They, yeah, they they know the emotional arcs to play. Yeah, you know, uh, while you're doing the nostalgia, so you're mm-hmm. doing both, mm-hmm. and that's the game that you've got to play. And it's a, it's yeah. a delicate game to play. Sure, but like you know, them all sitting around going like, "You ever fought anyone weird? <laughs> yeah, I fought a guy dressed as a rhinoceros once. Really? It's like yeah." Which again, you're tapping the nostalgia button. Yeah. So there's part of you going, eh, I know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But they're also doing it like we're bonding like brothers. Yeah. Because we can relate to something that no one else can. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'd like to fight a rhino guy. I'd like <laughs> to fight an alien, but I'm lame. <laughs> not lame. Yeah. You know, I, you don't have to say that. No, you, you're not lame. S- say you're great. You know, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm amazing. I really need to hear this guy's. But like, <laughs> yes. That's it. But in this film, they just go, nostalgia button, that's enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: It's like, well, okay, how would this character that you know from another thing relate Mm -hmm. to this character? Yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter, really, does it? You like seeing them, right? You know, just like you like seeing that world of paint. We showed you something, (laughs) and now it's gone. (laughs) Yeah, we showed you this character. You like them, right? Now
1: they're gone. That's the thing about the world of paint and stuff like that, is it's like they said to these uh, bunch of CGI people, they're like, just make a bunch of cool worlds. Yeah. And uh, we'll just put them like a montage and that's what you got
0: yeah but you got to have a beat
1: it's not it's not the yeah
0: like you're, it's you're, not the director's
1: it's not it's not a directorial vision or anything it's well, just the, here's CGI. the thing. It's a cgi it's the, like, it's literally to montage. me it's
0: the difference between space jam 2 and Roger Rabbit like in both cases you're going like hey there's a character i know And in Space Jam 2, they're all just bouncing around, and you're like, hmm, there's the penguin and a different penguin and some other characters, but they're not doing anything. They're not acting like they would. But like in Roger Rabbit, you have like Daffy Duck and Donald Duck, and how would those two interact with each other? They'd be having a rivalry. They'd maybe be playing pianos. Maybe it just gets more and more chaos, and they comment on each other's flaws. Yeah. Yeah. That's entertaining, mm-hmm. and it moves the plot along and establishes that, you know, that these worlds are combined. Yeah. It's neat. Great. That's how you do it. But, you know, or you do Space Jam 2, and this to me was a Space Jam 2, Or <laughs> it's just like, there's something you recognize. Yeah. Here's the shaking of the keys.
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, I didn't really know. I knew who Black Bolt was, and, but...
0: Uh, well, you've mentioned a character now, which is okay. I think he's in the trailer, isn't he? Hmm. Eh, okay said alright We're we're we actually, we're gonna, we actually
1: mentioned it way earlier in the show. We're gonna sp- <laughs> we're gonna spoil the Black
0: Bolt. To say. Uh, Black Bolt was a character in uh, in uh, who had a TV series called The Inhumans. Oh, okay. That is kind of regarded as the worst of the Marvel
1: uh, TV shows. And was that original actor in that show? Yes. Oh. Who also plays Pike? Yeah, yeah. In Strange we, World, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, and we actually referenced him as being that he looks
0: very actor. different in this, but it is the same actor. Yes. Mm. Mm. Which is nice. I mean, that's one of those things where, okay, since we brought that up, that that fish is out of the barrel. (laughs) That's an example of like the Andrew Garfieldness, which you can do, which is like, we left on a bad note. We're going to make it a good note now. By acknowledging it, we're going to make Electro cool. We're going to make Andrew Garfield cool. We're going to have Andrew Garfield say he's feeling bad about how things ended. We're going to have someone go, you're amazing. We're going to do that. So what you have is a character from a TV show that was a failed TV show. Yeah. Make him cool. Make him cool. Like we're, we're, we're bringing him back into this movie franchise now and just like, all right, here we go. A little bit of redemption. But it doesn't matter. It's just, eh, there's, a, there's a guy. Remember him? No, maybe. I don't know. I barely know him. Does anyone know who these guys are? You know? Hey, there's a character that was in an episode of one of the TV shows... You know there was a spinoff show. Hey, everyone here got Disney Plus. Everyone, no, because you know Sam Raimi doesn't. <laughs> Didn't pay for it. Okay, fair enough. Moving on.
1: Over. Another movie I went and saw was The Outfit. Okay. Do you know that movie? Nope. With uh, Mark Rylance and Zoe Deutsch. Tell me more. Dylan O'Brien, Johnny Flynn. Okay. All actors that you may, may or Exist. may not know. <laughs> uh, it's. I think it was the director's first film, and it was I enjoyed it quite a bit. But it's basically like a one it's basically like a one set play. Okay, it takes place in a in a not a tailor's but in a cutter's uh, shop and in a and in a suit shop, where he um, I guess in sort of a compromise with the neighborhood he has a drop box for gangsters in the back of his shop, okay. All right. which is used as sort of a place for people to I'm put money and now. stuff yep. gotcha. and grab things. So. Um, Mark Rylance is the is the cutter, Zoe Deutsch is his assistant, and then Dylan O'Brien and Johnny Flynn are two gangster characters. Uh, Dylan O'Brien is sort of the uh, hotshot, um, kind of rookie, inexperienced but big-headed son of the of the big gangster, and Johnny Flynn is is the kind of uh, very cold, um, you know, experienced mobster. You know, and it was good though. It was good. It was sort of a fun film. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a what would you call it? Like kind of a has a twist in its tail. Okay, And it was good though. Is it, it in good. theaters? Theaters? It was in theaters. Theaters. I saw it at the Cottonwood. Oh, Okay, All and right. it was one of those movies where they play there, where it's you're like, oh, I would like to see that movie. I wanted to see it, and I didn't get a chance. And and let's see when it's playing. One thirty every day. What the <laughs> hell? And so it was like that for like two weeks, and then finally it was on Sunday at five and Wednesday at five. And so I went and saw it at five on Sunday with Mary. We met there and went and saw it together. How oh, nice. And uh, yeah, we both thought it was pretty good. I
0: think I was thinking it was based on the video game. There was a video game called The Outfit. Oh, uh, okay, no. It was from uh, Relic Entertainment, which is a Vancouver uh, video game company. And I owned, thought.
1: Owned by Relic from the Beachcombers. That's
0: right. Robert Clothier. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And uh, no, we both enjoyed it. I, thought it. I thought it was good. And, you know, it's one of those films where, like, all the actors are doing a great job. You know, like, everyone's, just, like, uh, really good.
0: I like it. I like the idea. I like that it's 106 minutes long. <laughs> that's nice I'm in
1: I'll, yeah see maybe 10 minutes longer than it needs to be but it's fine
0: there we go then it would be uh, yeah that would be almost just like 90 minutes yeah that'd be good all movies are 90 minutes long now by the way that's what they'll they have to be that's my rule <laughs> is that right yeah sure who's got the time who's got the time make a make a second one then
1: <laughs> if, you, if you got something I to say
0: yeah Unless you're doing okay, I will let you. Okay, if here's like the, here it comes. If you know it's like a Marvel mm-hmm. situation, and yep. we've gotten to like an end game situation. Sure, okay, but not the movies along the way. They you can't all be. Here's the thing: end I'm going to disagree length.
1: with you. I think that the second film in a trilo- in a duology or a trilogy, the last film should always be the shortest. All right. That's my personal That's feeling.
0: That's what Dave said. So Dave and I are both going to make a movie, and we will then make a duology <laughs> out of it. And uh,
1: I'll make the shorter. I'll make the shorter end part. Um,
0: I'd like to turn the table over
1: to. Oh, the, turn the tables to to the world. What a twist of music! Oh,
0: because if music be the food of love, yes,
1: um, munch on. <laughs> Famous. Famous quote.
0: Nom, 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 nom.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, in iambic pentometer.
0: Those those who have listened to the, our show uh-huh. for a long time have known that Dave has done, oh, so many spinoffs. You know, like we were talking about, like, uh, Happy Days and Wait Till Your Father Gets Home were spinoffs of Love American Style? Yeah. Much like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave used to, uh, like, uh, uh, just is taking a break right now from Horse Mysteries. That's correct. But you know what? It gives you a chance to catch up on your Horse Mysteries.
1: That's that's right. So please... Charge uh, in there.
0: Uh, listen. Listen. Uh, but before then, Dave did a podcast called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. I did. And he would uh, play music, uh, themed music. Uh, his co-host would be uh, Mary Dedrick. Uh, so good. Uh, so wonderfully announced uh, at the beginning by Eve Dedrick. <laughs> and uh, what are you saying? What's with all the nepotism? <laughs> I know. It's a real uh, in living color. Yes. Situation. Um, but, uh, but people are like, oh, please, more music. And so uh, every other week, they put some theme music together. And last time, it was uh, Queen Songs. So I can't wait to hear what radically different theme he has picked this time. He promises every time radically different themes. <laughs> and so last time, it was uh, Queen Songs. Right. Let's see what it's going to be this week. I can't wait to hear what it's going to be. What is it? Because last time, it was Queen Songs. Last
1: time, it was Queen Songs. What is it this time? I have done a complete about-face. Thank goodness. Okay. Gone With a completely different palette. direction. Yes. Take a little club a little soda, freshen fresh your palate. That's right. Cleanse the palate with Top 5 Queen Songs Part 2. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, as if, it. it's as if I didn't send you the songs the other day. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so, everybody, well, you know what? We've been going a bit a little late here, so let's let's whip through this as fast as we can. All right. As fast as we can. Fast so we, as fast as I can.
0: Okay. We started
1: is, a little late. Which yeah. isn't very fast. And we started a bit late. That's true. I had to work late today. Um... Yes, Top 5 Queen Songs Part Top 5 Queen
0: Songs. So these
1: are not songs by
0: the band Queen.
1: These are not songs by the band Queen, no. We're going to start with Fat Bottom Girls. Followed by Radio Gaga. Followed by... I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, this is uh, Songs That Aren't By Queen. This is songs about a queen. Okay. Our first one is... This is the Soft Boys. From their second and final album Underwater Moonlight from 1980. This is Queen of Eyes. Queen of Eyes, everyone. Let's give it a listen.
2: Blinking on and off, it's the
3: Queen of Eyes. With a
0: surprised how much that singer sounded like davy jones
1: to me it
0: sounded so davy jones okay interesting yeah, uh which was nice it was very soothing i did like i did like it uh a lot but that to me was just like i kept like having davy jones pop up in my head over and over
1: again. funny because i think you would know this musician the lead the lead singer if i said it? you, it's robin hitchcock
0: oh okay very good who
1: was at uh, this time in the group called the soft boys yeah. with his uh, other people other friends uh morris windsor on drums and he met calf on bass and yep. Kimberly Rue on guitar.
0: They are like the Illuminati to me. <laughs>
1: and so after this after this album uh tanked. Oh no. They they broke up.
0: Well I'm I'm glad we're finally giving them the play they deserve. Yeah, finally. I this think is, this is gonna boost
1: that album. This is sales. gonna boost uh, yeah, this is gonna bring them into the the mainstream. I mean it's one of those things where, like, I'm not appreciated at the time because this was 1980, okay. where everyone was bleeping and bleeping on synthesizers or pretending they were in, spitting on each other in a in, a, in an Oi band. It was a real synth city. It was a real, <laughs> it's a real different time, and
0: that's my name for an 80s movie that I haven't written yet. Yeah,
1: that's a good one actually. I like it. Yeah, I like it. And so they broke up, and uh, Robin Hitchcock went on to solo success to right. some degree. From Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians, actually using Andy Metcalf, Andy Metcalf, and Morris Windsor from the Soft Boys, and the Kimberly Rue went on to uh, write one of the greatest songs of the '80s, which is "Going to Liverpool," uh, that's going down very, to Liverpool. I that guess. is a really good song. That's a great song. And then also formed.
0: Check, check out the video for it. You'll uh, you'll go. Oh, that's nice.
1: Yes, and then uh, yeah, the the with the the cover version by by. Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. The Bengals. No. Thank you. All right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he formed a Katrina and the Waves. <laughs> he formed Katrina and the Waves and wrote "Walking on Sunshine," made a mint, and just lives happily ever after. I suppose. Yeah,
0: it's in every commercial.
1: Well, why not? Every commercial. It sure is. It's summertime. Yeah, it's all about summer. So you can imagine that yeah. he's doing all right. He's doing
0: okay. Everything from orange juice to condoms.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so that that was our. You can call it our sixth or our first. Queen song. Well,
0: I dare, I dare you to find another song with Queens mentioned.
1: Well, I don't know if you've heard of a little artist named Jonathan Richmond. Okay. He's been playing for quite, an, quite a few years now. He started in the 70s. He's not
0: connected to Richie Rich in any way. He
1: is not connected to Richie Rich. Okay. Uh, nor is he connected to Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. But he is a Richmond.
0: Ah, very nice. Anyway. Nice. So uh, this is... Um, you know I'm a former uh, model. As yeah. in
1: model cams oil from Feather on the Roof. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> Jonathan Richmond, yeah. uh, you maybe remember him as the musical narrator oh, in Something About Mary. That is mostly how I remember it.
0: <laughs> and people going, hey, that's Jonathan Richmond." Like, oh, I don't know who that
1: is. What was interesting was, uh, when I was looking, I was looking up when this, uh, when this album came out, because I, I don't have access to it right now, because my CDs are gone. And uh, the picture of him on, in Wikipedia is from a performance that I was at at the Soft Rock Cafe here in Vancouver itself. I was very pleased by that because well, it's one of my favorite memories, seeing that show.
0: I've got bad news for you. The picture has changed.
1: But look, go down a bit. Go down.
0: Oh, I'm gonna go down then. Go down a bit, and you'll see down.
1: the you'll see the picture.
0: Oh, Soft Rock Cafe. Yeah, there we go. Great. 1984.
1: And actually, uh, I handed out the I handed out the uh, the flyers for that.
0: Oh, nice. So I got a
1: free record from uh, Zulu Records oh, at the
0: Congratulations. Time. That's fantastic.
1: And uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, the whole thing was great. They the night before they played, they were in town. They did an interview on CITR, the local uh, university radio station. Right. And talked about how much they liked the city. And then my friend my friend Rob, former fr- former friend of the show, went to see it, and he wasn't allowed to go. So we had to pretend that he came to my house. And so we, we he came over. We ran to the bus Went to the show and then ran back down, caught the bus and got home again in time. That it seemed plausible that he hadn't gone to see a concert, okay. and that he was just hanging out at my place. What was
0: that? Three nineteen, the number
1: three nineteen. Well, three nineteen was part of it because yeah, we had to catch the three twelve. Three twelve, of course. Exchange, do the exchange at yep, uh, Scott was, Road I understood. or sorry, at Scottsdale Mall. Right. Do the exchange. Now, it wasn't
0: the SkyTrain then. That was, no uh, SkyTrain in those days. Two years away from the SkyTrain. Totally. So you got to, you got to take a look. Yeah, got to catch the three nineteen. Transfer that took you all the way. Paper transfer, of course. Paper
1: transfer. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Still love it.
0: I'm running into a whole bunch of those in my box right now. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, you go down. Oh, you know what? If I ever searched through my books in my, my book collection, I would find a million uh, tickets for Absolutely. sky trains and, yep. and buses. Because I, w- I always turn them into bookmarks.
0: The way, this has been Nostalgia <laughs> Transit talk.
1: <laughs> so anyway, this is from his 2010 <laughs> album, which strangely enough is called Oh Moon, Queen of Night on Earth. Right. And this song is the titular track from this album. Very nice. So let's give a listen to Jonathan Richmond. Here we go.
3: competing with your moonlight anymore O moon O moon Queen of Night Ruler of the Tide May there be more silent moonlight even stars silent moonlight even starlight
1: like before and we're back
0: very jonathan richmond-y yes yeah. it is not, right. necessi- not necessarily for me this one's not necessarily for me
1: okay but i respect that uh, people have a love of the richmond i really love this song uh, I really do, and I, yeah, it's and it's from his later period where, yeah, he's uh, pretty much only plays a he only plays acoustic now to protect his hearing. Oh, good. Which is also something that he was really concerned about in the in the nineteen seventies as well. For that is uh, he that was is, really concerned. And now, about is he now he is in his seventies. He uh, yes, that is true. He is much older now. So, when
0: you took the bus back, did you uh, turn on the little light because everyone had an individual light there? Oh, in the sure,
1: because you ah, had to read. Nice, you could read on the bus. You can't yak the whole soft, time. Soft. I seats. probably did just talk the whole time. Pretty good with you.
0: Did uh, Jonathan Richmond ever play Richmond?
1: I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Be nice, Richmond and Richmond. It'd be nice if he did, but he's always worth—he's always worth seeing.
0: Now that would have been a complicated bus schedule to get to Richmond at that uh, hour. You got to do at least three buses for that.
1: Oh, you cannot—you cannot bus to Richmond, and also you can't walk around in Richmond because they have no sidewalks.
0: You're not wrong, but listen, I—you <laughs> fancied a gal from Richmond, so I made the effort, and uh, we can
1: talk about that. another Ugh, the time. The number three up. bus. Oh. What a nightmare to get oh, to. Oh
0: boy! Again, this has been transit talk. <laughs> <laughs> with Ian the number
1: day. three road bus, just avoid it if you can. Yep, all right. <laughs> Song number three, everyone. Three zones, everybody. Okay, oh, there weren't the zones back They're then there weren't zones though in those days. That's yeah, right. That ah, nice. almost that got came, you. Almost got the, you with the old
0: three zones. I thought I was gonna go. That up. came
1: with the Skytrain.
0: Oh, I tell you, buddy.
1: They really did, they did to, oh, to get us, they had to really uh, dig uh, it there into you us. Yeah, in that go. Well,
0: we all talk about
1: it. a good time. One time I was on the bus and we and I paid for one zone. We got to patella bridge yeah the bus pulled over yeah and the bus driver walked back down the aisle Love it. checking our 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 uh, transfers and of course i had the yellow one indicating one zone and he wanted me to pay more only i didn't have any money luckily there was a, a girl on the bus who paid for me
0: i was trying to find my i almost had a bus transfer right now from that era <laughs> god damn it i just put it away it would make me so okay. happy to see all right please continue
1: anyway so let's go into song number three this has nothing to do with the number three road in Richmond. Oh,
0: but what a road that is.
1: Not as great as Garden City.
0: Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> this has been road talk. <laughs> <laughs> Richmond road talk.
1: All right. This song is our third song. Yeah. Or if you prefer, our ninth song. Or sorry, eighth song. Sure. This is uh, the Trillium. This is uh, a song it was uh, from a single, a 45 that came out in 1968. This is Queen Alice. Okay. Uh, Which was uh, at the time was backed by the song "News." That was the B side, "News." But this is the A side, "Queen Alice." Later, go
0: on to work with Huey Lewis. Yes,
1: this is the Trillium. Let's give it a listen, everybody.
3: You've seen Queen.
0: What do you think of this? I thought that was very of the era. Like oh, that yeah. just hundred percent put me into uh my neighbor's basement. Like that was my hippie neighbor's basement. Yeah. was just like, yeah, that's that's what would have been playing for sure. Everything would have smelled a little sweet. Yeah. A little strange.
1: Yeah, kind of folk rocky. Uh obviously it has a bit of a Dylan influence to it. Okay. And I also love the fact that it had one of the world's worst drummers. What do you this, mean? Oh, it's just terrible drumming. It's the most clumsy fills and keep him together in the back there, but that's fine. This is a bunch of friends playing in a band. Okay. Put out a record on uh, Mr. G Records, whatever that is, in 1968. Probably never released another single, but that was the time when that happened. You know, you
0: know my uh, father-in-law is a drummer. Okay. You know, uh, you know why I don't see him? Because he beat it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could even catch him with a snare.
0: So on and so forth. All right, so many, so many drummer
1: jokes. So many little, yes, there are so many drummer jokes. Yeah. What were the last words the drummer said to the to his, in the band? What was that? Hey guys, why don't we play one of my songs? <laughs> All right, song number four. Okay. Or if you prefer, song number nine. All since right. It's part two. Uh, this is Barbara Mills from okay. 1965. Okay. This song is uh, "Queen of Fools." They came out on the well-known labor label. Labor, well-known label. Hickory Records, uh, which I like this the B side uh, song, which I I have to look up and see if I can find it. It's called "Make It Last." Take your time, okay. Wink. Anyway, this oh. is Barbara Mills with "Queen of Fools." Everyone, here we go. what do you think of that
0: I, th- I liked it but it sounded like a lot of other songs to oh me. for sure yeah still good like it feels like it was gonna um, turn into another song yeah almost immediately yeah but i but you know it's uh, i liked it I
1: liked yeah it fine. it's uh well it's of its time for sure kind of motown inspired yeah. i think a little bit um what's interesting to me about this song is that the singer is white because to me i thought she was a black singer
0: me as well yeah
1: but she's a, a kind of a dowdy texan
0: Okay. Well, we both learned something we about prejudice. Learned something
1: about prejudging. Good uh, for us. You know, I've t- I think said we're it. Better people now. I've said it many times, but it never fails to amaze me at uh, this time period, particularly how much music came out. Like because what was the the king at this time was the single. You might even call it the kingle if you want. No, it was. No, I, I wouldn't though. Okay. Don't not me. Don't I just no, thought I'm not do that. put it out there. Just, no thanks. No. Okay. Pass. Well, no, you can do that if you want. I, I did, but you no. didn't like it. <laughs> Maybe I'll stop entirely. Yeah, I don't, I wish in fact, would. I might even edit this out of the show. That'd
0: be great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, but it was so it was so popular. <laughs> like you could just put out infinite uh, numbers of songs on singles because they're cheap to make. The distribution system was built in, and you just pumped them out there. And you and if you were lucky, you'd have your you'd be the question mark of the Mysterians, ninety six yeah. tiers, and sell a gajillion records and have a huge hit. But when you did that, you would inspire 4 million other bands who would have a song with a similar organ sound trying to cash in on what you did. And if Motown was popular, if Atlantic Soul was popular, then there were a gajillion other labels out there pumping out records, putting out singles, trying to get that market, get a little bit of that market. If you get a little bite of it, it's great. you know. And then it's all forgotten about for years because it didn't make it. It was only a regional hit. There's a regional artist, and then it's kind of forgotten about. But then you have, like, these crazes that happen. So, you know, this is this is considered a northern soul classic, this song. Okay. Because it was discovered by DJs who played songs for for people much later on, like in the late 70s, early 80s, who would play these, would have these big soul nights and stuff like that. And they would, <clears throat> and part of what these DJs would do is, like, find obscure songs and present them. And only they would know about them. They would cover up the label so no one else would know who who the artist was. So only they had that song in their set, you know. And so that made them more popular because they had these popular songs that everyone liked that other DJs didn't know who they were. Because there was no Google in those days to go, oh, I'm going to look up who that was.
0: Why why I'm <laughs> looking over here right now is just because yeah. uh, I had a question mark in the Mysterians uh, single, Yeah, uh, but it wasn't 96 Tears. Okay. And I was trying to see what it was. I believe it was uh, Beachcomber.
1: Okay. Yeah interesting was is it a like career? a was it a, an instrumental
0: from 67 it was it was one of their singles okay yeah it was, a, it was a single i think it might have been like the flip side of girl you captivate me not sure i have to look it up yeah but i will but i remember the band and i like the name of the band well, yeah it, it is a good a question good mark and there's well, mm-hmm.
1: a literal question mark
0: yeah. About the, yeah yeah like, oh,
2: so.
1: all right so that was uh barbara mills everyone hope you enjoyed queen of fools yes and now let's finish off with song number 10 or five this is Temple Row from 1972, and the song is "King and Queen." Some of you might recognize it. We'll talk about why oh, when right. we come back.
0: All right, nice tease.
1: Let's give it a listen. Here we go, "King and Queen."
3: It's like waking from a dream. All I remember is a lullaby I couldn't tell you where I've been A thousand images just flutter by Taking my time in a wide limousine If I was a king, she'd be my queen And my thoughts are growing louder And my mind has lost its way And the flames are getting higher every day My mind is back behind my eyes There before me sits a butterfly, and as I watch, she gently cry And as I watch, she gently cry And there be anyone. If I wasn't
1: back and your thoughts sir.
0: my thoughts are it sounded like the song i would be listening to on the way to an sca event society for creative acronym okay right? okay
1: yeah
0: like it had that kind of medieval feel okay, just like you okay. know, they'd be cranking it up and sure, i'm like sitting with some sure. guy dressed as a knight and uh we're on the way there and i'm there because like i like a girl who's in the sca <laughs> and i'm regretting my choices of uh travel i should have just got there myself yeah and then uh, found my own way back but I'm traveling. But the buses the-
1: are hard. It's hard to get to the SCA oh, yeah, meeting with real the bus.
0: Oh, yeah, real to get a bus to the SCA. <laughs> now, what you want to do is oh, you want to yeah. you take your, uh, you want to take the 316, take that out of the Greyhound station. Now, you're All right. have to have a little bit of a wait there. So, get some quarters. You're going to watch the TV that's there. How you're do you take the 316?
1: couldn't take the 316 because you, you would have to take 316. the 316 into New
0: Westminster. No, no, you take a 316. Dave, you take a 316 from the 116th Street. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's going to take you straight downtown. That's taking you to Granville Street. I no, no, no. The right. 316 yes, did not it was, go into yeah, yeah, downtown. Uh, well, not Granville Street. I'm lying. am uh, it's gonna take you, uh, but it's gonna take you. You had cross- to
1: transfer to the 319 at No. At Mall.
0: What, what year are we talking about here? Well, I'm talking I'm talking 80s. Yeah, I'm talking early 80s. I'm not talking uh, Skytrain time. You could you? take the
1: 316 right into town. Yes,
0: that's what I would do all the time. I'd take the 316 right into town. Uh take the 316, I'm taking that over the Granville Street Bridge, and it's gonna take me to uh that's gonna take me on Seymour Street. Now I'm going the other way, I'm coming on uh, uh Howe. Yeah, yeah. Going back, of course, I'm i I think you're you confusing much. the 319. No, let me finish let me finish i'm gonna, I'm gonna get myself up. off at uh i'm not gonna get myself off don't want to say it that way <laughs> i'm gonna get off of the bus wow it sounds like at a at georgia bus i'm gonna it. walk down georgia to yeah. the to, to the greyhound station yeah now again as i say puck for the quarters gotta watch sure. the television it's only got the local stations but still that'll yeah. uh, they'll get you going then you get yourself your greyhound bus that's going to take you down to uh like a like maybe a birch bay or something like that you'll be fine you gotta make sure that you uh, you cross crossing the border, so you might need a passport. Probably don't though, because it's early '80s. <laughs> okay, but please continue. Um,
1: so yeah, so this, um, <laughs> so there king, and, should, king and, way, and queen, yeah, the, there should be a yeah. website, yes, which
0: is how do you get there, and then you enter the year, yeah, and that'll tell you how you got there by bus. Then,
1: yeah, 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 that'd be start that boring. website somewhere. That'd be a boring thing. No, it wouldn't be to. interesting.
0: That'd be interesting, is what I meant. Anyway, all right, go ahead, please,
1: because you could just have it at, like. Crowd like a crowdfunded thing, like everyone just puts in their the, what they remember, yeah, and then it kind of self corrects. Hopefully, and we time. auction
0: off our old transfers.
1: <gasps> you really, you're really pushing this <laughs> the old transfer thing. Um,
0: oh my god, we're never gonna get out of here. <laughs> Go
2: ahead.
1: So this song is—it's funny if you on this. It, it was credited as being written by uh, Justin Haywood on the uh, single, okay, but it was actually Justin Hayward who was the lead oh, singer, yeah. song, songwriter, uh, guitar player for a little-known band, the Moody Blues. Okay. Best known for uh, the Ku, Ku Klux Klan song, Nights in White Satin, which we talked about last couple weeks ago. You that's talked that's- about it.
0: Well, that's how they like to be known. <laughs>
1: <And> so, <laughs> so I'll remember you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll write your eulogy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it is a Moody Blues song. Mm-hmm. But I've never been a very big fan of the Moody Blues, so I didn't know that. I've always loved this song because I found it like on a psych collection, uh, you know, one of the kind of psych pop collections. And so, what proves me right though is I uh, I listened to the Moody Blues version when I discovered that it existed before this one, and I didn't like it as much. I think this is a better version. Okay, this will go into my one day collection uh, covers that are better than the originals, uh, right. which I've done once before. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I thought it'd be fun just to have a little bit of a bonus song. What? just because it's kind of goofy and and it's you uh,
0: are the bonus queen (laughs) here's the song it's the one we mean exactly so
1: um way back in the 1960s something that would have been pretty rare would be for a uh people to have their own home recording studio okay it'd be expensive to buy the equipment right And it wasn't. Then it was bulky, and it was, you know, and it was hard to find room. You know, people didn't people didn't have big houses in those days. Say
0: like Bob Crane.
1: In the sixties, I said, I don't know. I know know. that's fine. (laughs) Okay, Bob Crane did have his own recording (laughs) company. It's true. (laughs) I'll also bring that up in your eulogy. So, (laughs) um, but weirdly, these there's two guys. They lived in Sussex, in England, in the sixties. All right. And this one guy, I think he must have had like parents who had some money, some money. It's always nice. Yeah, and so there's like a spare room in the house, and it was converted into a studio. And so he and a friend named John Ferdinando, who they'd met playing in bands together around around the area, they came together and they formed basically bedroom groups, where <clears throat> when when they weren't working, they had jobs, but so in their time off, they would record albums, and so and they would just give themselves names, so they'd be like Ithaca. Okay. or Agincourt, or whatever. And they would maybe release 50 records, and that was all. It was just like a small little run, and that was it. Okay. That was done. Done, done, done. And other than that, they just forgot about it. And they kind of broke up when Peter Howell was, uh, became employed by the BBC Radiophonic Workshop, which you know did like Doctor Who theme, did Doctor Who incidental music and stuff like that, okay. or other shows incidental music. And so... So he moved on to that, and John Ferdinando was a, uh, got, got a job as a quantity surveyor. I don't know what that is, but All that right. is a job. And so that kind of ended what it's they were the doing.
0: Opposite job of a quality surveyor.
1: So they had recorded one last album as a, band, as a group called Friends, and the album was called Fragile, but they never released it because they, by that point they kind of lost interest in the whole project. So. But the very first thing they ever did was they were hired to record incidental music for a local a repertory theater company called the ditchley players Okay. who are putting on Alice through the looking glass. All right. And so they recorded all these little bits of music for it. And they released it as a record, 50 copies for the people, for the cast and crew and family and stuff like that.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to get you something while you keep talking. I'm sure. Sure.
1: And so, uh, yeah, they just recorded this. So what they did was they, 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 you know, took their actual tapes, and ma- and so they sound really good. And then they just sort of put incidental bits of the play into into onto the record to kind of give context to the songs. So this song is called uh, "Her Majesty Queen Alice," where Queen the where Alice is becomes queen, and there's a little bit of a theme for her as the queen. And then a dance is announced in the second part, and you get to hear these very these voices to me sound very posh, very posh voices. Okay. It sounds like. These are people that, you know, they're not, they have time to be in place because they're not having to work so hard. Okay. So uh, so anyway, this is the Ditchley Players with music by Peter Howell and John Ferdinando with uh, Alice in the Looking Glass. And the song is Her Majesty Queen Alice. Let's give it a little right. listen, everyone. Hello. And we're back.
0: I don't know why I found that so creepy.
1: You found creepy. I
0: found it very creepy. <laughs> and I'm gonna top it by just yeah. saying uh, I'm gonna show you a picture of myself as the March Hare from oh, okay, Alice okay. Maybe in this... Wonderland. Okay. That it's a disturbingly creepy picture of okay. me. It's the March Hare. Okay. There you
1: go. <laughs> it looks like you have like five o'clock shadow.
0: I don't. That's just makeup. And I have pants that you can look straight down.
1: <laughs> That's part of the human. It was
0: very important that I wore the right underwear every time.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I'll take that. That's uh, horrific. Okay. I'm going to put that away.
1: Well, but yeah. You, it was do you good, find the sound of children performing creepy?
0: Yeah. A little bit. Oh, OK. Yeah. That sounds like, you know, ghosts in the attic would sound like
1: them. I <laughs> oh, quite enjoyed I, it. For whatever reason, they released all these albums as a box set Oh okay. called a, a Game for... I can't remember what it's called now. If only I had it and it wasn't sitting in a, in a storage unit. Um, a Game for All Who Can or something like that, which was a, a movie that was made that they also provided music for as well. They were just having fun. Amateurs all around, you know? What the heck? Why yeah, not? sure. I can dig it. don't
0: begrudge them. Listen. I can dig it. As I've shown you here, I'm not one to judge. I have been the March Hare. (laughs) Okay. I can't. I've told you I'm a former model. Uh, I am the March Hare. I cannot judge any of this. That's very good. There we go. Done and done. We did it. We did it.
1: I'm a former muggle. There you are. Which I believe means a victim of a a mugging. (laughs)
0: Fantastic. By a wizard.
1: (laughs) All right, everyone. Give me all your
0: Eye of Newt. I've got none.
1: (laughs) That's our top five. For this week, hope you and enjoyed. And we it.
0: will be back in two weeks with more. What will the theme be then? Probably more Queen stuff.
1: Yeah, part three. You really could stretch it out, but I'm not going to. Uh,
0: last week on the show, we asked questions as we do. I like asking questions. I'm told in <laughs> like I, I'm a, I'm an improviser, and so uh, we're told in improv, don't ask questions in a scene. I'm like, oh, I got all this question build up, and then I ask questions. <laughs> um, so, question of the week last week was, "What was your favorite comic book as a kid?" And what's something nice that someone did for you recently? I, that's a nice question. Uh, Matt Smith writes, uh, Sup, dragons. <laughs> uh, uh, FYI, if you have any interest, uh, Plano, Texas is pronounced Plano. we
1: pronounced now it? Now he tells us.
0: Yeah, wrong. this is in reference to Edward's response, to my response, to last week's guest. Now, two weeks ago, oh, I'm confused <laughs> by all this, show where I talked about growing up with the Beatles book specifically and Fort Worth in general. So yeah, keep on smiling. There we go. And, uh, you know, you respond that we mispronounced it. And uh, there we go. We go back and forth. And there we go. And then he asks, uh, Matt, do you still live west of me in Fort Worth? We could team up and fight crime. This I like to see. I like, uh, I like the idea of uh, people uh, uh, that we are bringing together to fight crime and solve mysteries. Mm-hmm. Edward continues another uh, that was Edward yeah. Edward <laughs> continues another director who suits up uh, nicely we we're talking about people who suit up nicely is Christopher Nolan my brother was an extra on the set of The Dark Knight while filming in Chicago and got to meet him personally Nolan wore a tie and a matching scarf the entire time he spent about three days as a Gotham police officer and uh, I can pick him out of the film where he appears for about one tenth of a second <laughs> nice hope he survives does he survive? Uh, I have to pull up uh, my past email to you guys from last podcast. You took some questions from us, so I don't repeat any. Uh, was that back on the 450th episode? Just the 50th ones, right? Well, uh, it wasn't the 450th. Oh, what? Yeah, it was a 450th Oh, my God. Show. Have we done 500? Oh, my God. This can't be right. <laughs> Time keeps on slipping. You know slipping, what, Ed? You know don't
1: slipping even worry about it because... Into the future. Because... You know what? If you ask the same questions, you're going to get different answers anyway. No!
0: New questions. <laughs> Lisa writes.
1: Hey, just one second. I just yes. want to say, I want to. What? I just want to say. What's going on? A personal thank what you. What are you doing? A personal thank you to Ed, okay, who gave me a little bit of advice this week on some. I had some Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator questions, okay. and uh, he was kind enough to respond to me, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Ed. Unfortunately, the good advice that he gave me, I got too late because I'd already finished the drawing, but that's okay. Next time. Right. Next time I need to do something complicated on Illustrator, I have a tip.
0: Do you know who also gives good advice? Hmm? Our wives.
1: Our wives do and give so good let's, advice. So
0: uh, let's turn to uh, Lisa, <gasps> your co-host on Horse Mystery. She
1: is my co-host and also my co-wife.
0: Oh, you got more than one wife. It's mm. so a weird place to reveal that, but okay. <laughs> good day, kind <laughs> sir. Is
1: that what I said? I, ooh. In
0: response to your question yeah. of the first order, yeah. my answer is thus. She's speaking oddly. She's speaking very S-T-A.
1: Yes, she is. She's, henceforth, she shall, shall speak All right. in this fashion.
0: And we few, we lucky few. We lucky we few. band of brothers. We band of brothers. Should <laughs> turn it over to this band of sister. <laughs> in my youth, every summer, my family would go to our cabin at uh, Quinell Lake. And just before we turned off the highway onto the gravel road... To complete the final uh, one hourish journey, uh, we would stop at the last vestige of civilization, the booming metropolis of a 150-mile house, which boasted a general store and a gas station. <laughs> we would always go into the store where my mom would buy a copy of Horse Illustrated, uh, while I, for some reason, would choose a Sergeant Rock and then some other comic uh, that I can't remember the name of. Uh, but it uh, usually involved a story of some impossible thing, like a guy being granted eternal life only to find himself not five minutes later sinking in quicksand. At which point he realized he would be choking as he breathed sand for the rest of eternity. Great holiday reading. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. That story was called "Go Pound Sand."
1: Oh dear! One
0: of the one of the, one of the greatest uh, old DC yes. House of Mystery stories of all time. Sure. Uh, regarding question two, uh, this past Sunday was Mother's Day, and a couple of days before I was off work due to some medical appointments, and in between those was out walking the dogs when a familiar car drove up and stopped. It was my youngest, Eve, who had driven forty five minutes to our house in the middle of her split shift so she could surprise me by putting up some hanging baskets and vacuuming the house. But I ruined the surprise by being home. <laughs> And on Mother's Day, I spent the whole day at a horse show leading ponies around, many for kids I didn't even know. Anyway, the dad of one of those kids I do know and teach got me a rose for Mother's Day. And the mom of a different girl I know or teach got me a bubble tea. Nice. There you go. That's very, very nice. And what a nice daughter Eve is. Yes. She does an announcement, like the announcing for your podcast? Yes. Then she like vacuums the house.
1: She even filled in on one episode of, of Listening Party. When Mary nice. was too sick.
0: She's been on, uh, she's been on uh, this show as well. Find the episode. I dare you. I dare you. Um, and hey, here's my question to you. What were their old fake names of Eve and Mary? Do you remember? Huh? Well, That's Well, right. There we go. Uh, Edward is back. Edward's back. Back again. If there was an episode uh, where I was dying to communicate with you two, this was it. The <laughs> comics talk always grabs me. Great conversation. Jim Starlin, Sergio Aragonis, Mark Grunwald. And I thought I'd go to my grave before I ever heard anyone mention Reed Fleming, world's toughest milkman, again! <laughs> I suspect we might run into David Boswell, you know, in the next week or so. Why? He sometimes shows up to uh, VanCaf, and VanCaf is coming in. So, you know, he's around. It's nice. Nice guy. Might see him. Uh, might see him. Might go, hey. And he'll go, sup. And we go, <laughs> how you doing? And go, pretty good. Oh, you know, good. Uh, Edward Drogansky says, hi. What? And they uh, like that. That was my Lone Star Comics Manager's favorite comic, and I remember Dave Thomas being tied to a film adaptation. True. Uh, what were those cards you had with all the comics creators on them? They were a bunch of... I will look at what where they were from in, uh, when Dave is wrapping up the show. Before uh, sure. going further, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the two comic greats we recently lost. Neil Adams and George Perez, both legendary in their own ways. Adams' work has always perplexed me with his extreme foreshortening and dynamic movement. His characters were the first to actually look semi-realistic, with accurate body tone and facial features. This was all part of the comics Bronze Age, with Denny O'Neill penning stories about real social issues. In the last few years of seeing uh, Adams at cons, he had kind of evolved into a huckster of sorts, (laughs) doing his best to sell you his prints and signed comics, but his style never waned. His Superman is still the best in the biz, and I also wonder if they buried him in that French blue shirt he was always wearing. Yeah, I agreed. He, uh, yeah, his work with Batman and his work, of course, with um, uh, Green Arrow, uh, sorry, Green Lantern and Green Arrow was just uh, fantastic. My favorite remains uh, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Uh, I've got a copy of like the hardcover of that uh, somewhere, and I got to find it. Just beautiful uh Perez, I met. Oh, and the cover! Holy cow, the cover with all the little cameos faces. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah,
1: good. he kind of he kind of came out of a different tradition than than like most comic book artists, I think, of that time period. Yeah. Because he seemed like to be out of like almost out of advertising art. His his style had a real look to it, like that. And a
0: good a good guy who was always like for creators' rights and helping.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. helping but also, way. weirdly, believed that the world was shrinking. I thought it was that the world was hollow. Was no, he shrinking? he would believe that the earth was slowly getting smaller.
0: Here's the thing about that.
1: <laughs> yes. At
0: the time, you kind of went, oh, I don't like that. That's a little weird and <laughs> it's a little off-putting. <laughs> but over the last, let's say, five years or so, yeah. what's, what's his conspiracy theory? Because <laughs> you hear it's his conspiracy theory, right? Huh? What's his conspiracy theory? Oh, that, oh, we're all shrinking. That's fine. I'm yeah. great with that. That's well, amazing compared to what? Compared to the rest, that's great.
1: <laughs> I suppose, but it feels like those sort of conspiracy theories all kind of glom onto each other and become a I can take it. I
0: can take that one. That's
1: fine. <laughs> You're all right with that one, okay?
0: Perez, I met so many times, usually running up and down the line to waiting on him uh, to get into waiting on to, to get into the con, signing copies, hugging fans, taking selfies. The man was a beast. When it came to connecting with his fans, Perez was the first comic artist. I took a true liking to and collected most notably in the Avengers and fantastic four. And then later in the teen Titans, same with both me, same with my wife, Pia uh, Perez had the uncanny ability to illustrate a crowded scene without making it overdone or busy. The way he showed energy was effective and powerful. I remember a story with Nuklo in the Avengers and the way he illustrated the nuclear power was off the charts. And Perez drew uh, really good rocks. He sure did, and debris with such attention to detail. Everyone loved him. And George Perez leaves the re- this realm with zero enemies. Agreed. My wife did a, a beautiful tribute uh, where she did a, a, a drawing of. Uh, she had a drawing of Starfire. She did when I think she was either ten or twelve, and then one that she just did. Um, also, I posted a Gru sketch. Sergio Argonas drew for me back in '86. On the Sneaky Dragon Facebook page. And we got a link right there. Fantastic. Um, I almost hit Aragonis with my car in a hotel parking lot <laughs> at a con in uh, 1986. My wife almost hit the bare naked ladies once. Uh, uh, the next day, <laughs> I visited him at uh, his booth to apologize. And he said it was his fault and he should have been paying better attention. Then he drew me the Grew the Wanderer sketch. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: I think favorite. I have a Gru sketch for him, too.
0: I have a Gru sketch. I have a uh, uh, one that's just like, yours madly, Sergio. Mm. I got that framed. That's um, pretty nice. Favorite, if I could get the art of the thing that he did uh, that I wrote. Oh, boy. But Fox has it, and Fox ain't letting it go. Uh, favorite <laughs> comic as a kid. I went through so many phases. The John Byrne X-Men phase. Oh, so good. Uh, George Perez Avengers and the Ditko Spider-Man are all notable, but I have to say if you measured my fandom by readership and comics bought, it would be the Fantastic Four from Jack Kirby to John Byrne I was a huge fan of the world's greatest comics magazine I read them for years I was a Marvel brat and didn't discover DC until my teens, but I loved the older stuff uh, for a good while like the imaginary stories from the 60s I had a uh, Cerebus uh, phase and a huge Miller Daredevil phase when I got my job at Lone Star Comics, I enjoyed Watchmen, Burn Superman, Dark Knight Returns, Surge of the Independent titles like Miracle Man and Concrete. I worked at Lone Star during one of the greatest uh, growth spurts in comics. It was wonderful. Uh, in full consideration, uh, though, the Fantastic Four reigns supreme as, the young re- as a young reader and collector. You have no idea the pressure I have for the MCU at uh, the wheel of their films now. Fingers crossed. Here's my question: Were you working in a comic book store when uh, the uh, new Teen Titans came out? Not the not the first, but when it went to the Baxter paper and whatnot, did you? Were you working there? What was that like? Um, uh, as far because that was like to me. Woo! Look at this, so crisp, so white, so beautiful. <laughs> uh, as far as a nice unexpected gesture, my son Alec uh, surprised me out of nowhere with a Captain Kirk Funko Pop. He knows I don't collect them myself, but uh, has on occasion bought me a few from one particular set, like the Fantastic Four Pops. I may have just bought a Johnny Storm, just letting you know. <laughs> uh, I would call my son as an enabler, because once he buys me a few, I feel the need to buy the rest of the set at my own expense. <laughs> I'll describe this one as a kind gesture for now, since all I had to buy was a Spock Pop to sit uh, beside my Kirk. Here was why I bought the Johnny Storm one. was uh, I was watching Moon Knight, like Moon Knight. And uh, one of the characters in it is the Scarlet Scarab. I'm like, Scarlet Scarab, that sounds familiar. And it was because I think the fourth comic I ever bought was an issue of Invaders that had the Scarlet Scarab. Very different than the one on Moon Knight. This one was a villain. And that was one that had like the original Human Torch in it, which made me go, "Original Human Torch? What's that all about?" (laughs) And so uh, I recently like found like a Funko original Human Torch, and I'm like, "Oh, I gotta get that." Then I was like, "You know what? It needs a flaming buddy," so I had to get Johnny Storm as well. So they're gonna be on both sides of something to balance it out. Anyway, time to brainstorm some new questions for you guys. Have a terrific weekend and an even better week to all the sneakers around the world. Indeed. Ask me questions about the Human Torch. (laughs) <laughs> yes i know he killed hitler anyway louise writes i didn't have a favorite comic as a kid but i can weigh in on the topic of top hats
1: <laughs> you're neat louise is neat isn't yep. she sure is spend all her time as a child studying top hats
0: i think we could do a deep doily dive with her mm. and like really get yeah. some good
1: information what is this about anti-maccasers what's the best sort
0: Sweet, so i'm going through all these old files in my basement and her name just keeps coming up over and over again, huh? She's done so much; it's ridiculous. <laughs> There's pictures of her with like, ah, uh, oh man. There's like, and I mean like, as in like you know, uh, proper good pictures of, of you know with like other writers and stuff and like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, now on topic of top hats. Yes, they were already being worn in the Regency period, so you'll see Mister Darcy wearing them in adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. In Victorian times, all classes wore them. They are even part of a ladies' riding habit, so you'll see Blanche Ingram wearing one in adaptations of Jane Eyre. Uh, do I get all my historical fashion knowledge from film and television? Maybe. <laughs> the caricature of the rich a fat cat with a top hat came in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Top hats were falling in popularity, except with the upper classes, nouveau riche, and politicians who were still wearing them, Uh, to formal society events and ceremony. So that is Top Hat Chat for the day. Thank you, Louise. (laughs) Thanks for that. Much, appreciated. Louise
1: is a top cat.
0: Top hat cat when it comes to Top Hat Chat. (laughs) Make up a question for next week. I'll come up with one. I'm going to go look at those cards.
1: I'm going to uh, read some emails that we got. Uh, First, first order of business is that uh, John Halbrooks wrote last week after we had finished recording. Oh no! And he said... I just realized that I misused the word heretofore in my letter this week. Very embarrassing for an English professor. Mea culpa. Mea maxima culpa. That's from John. Thank you, John, for writing that. He didn't write this week, though. Very disappointed. But we have that little uh, one. I won't read uh, Ed and my back and forth about uh, illustrator things. But Brent Tannehill wrote uh, with the subject heading, Favorite comic book as a kid. And he said my favorite comic book as a kid was sad sack a close second were the archie comics and also peanuts it just kills me that i was thumbing past amazing fantasy number 15 and tales of suspense number 39 to find the latest sad sack my first ever superhero comic book was spider-man number 64 where he fights the vulture i bought it on vacation probably because they were out of sad sack comics and thought it was very strange to make a comic book that wasn't funny. I'm in the process of building a time machine. And when I'm finished, I'm going to go back and correct my comic book buying mistakes. I'll let you know how it turns out. That is, if you even exist after I alter the time-space continuum... Uh-oh. Well, thank you, Brent. Fortunately, we'll never know if you change the time-space continuum. That's the good thing about changing the time-space continuum, is no one knows about it.
0: The weirdest part to me of Sad Sack. Yes? ...is... That it's a shortened version mm-hmm. of Sad Sack of Shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Because that's what it is. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a, so that yeah I'm sad. looking it
0: up right now on, uh, on, on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the title was a euphemistic shortening of the military slang term, Sad Sack of Shit. And it was just, you know, an inept person. But it's just like, yeah, very few of the other Harvey characters, yep. you, you could end with like, you know, uh, Wendy, the good witch of shit, or Huck's <laughs> stuff of shit, but like it yeah. definitely is. That's the same Yeah, and and yeah, it was a thing.
1: Richie Rich, the poor little shit.
0: Yeah, and it was a, yeah. a, a sad sack was created in 1942, World War II, and then later on. Yep, Harvey uh, took over. Okay, so these <laughs> cards are um, uh, from famous comic book creators, and they are uh, were were done by Eclipse Comics.
1: Oh, Eclipse. That's that's the uh yep. that's why it has a little bit of a of a bent towards a certain type of writer. Yep, that makes One sense. One that wrote for Eclipse. And
0: then you get a nice Bill Kevitts card.
1: Nice. I love Bill Sinkevitz.
0: Yeah, pretty great. And yes. then they have a picture, of course, of his main, most famous work, which is stray toasters. <laughs> that's what you know I'm from.
1: That's what you know Bill That's Sinkiewicz what you know from. I'm from. Not don't give me new Mutants, Don't give me Electra.
0: There you go. Sad That's... sack of shit. Bill Finger! There you go. It's nice that Bill Finger is getting credit now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On, I do like movies. that. He's
0: glad to see Yeah. yeah.
1: A, uh, lobbying, a lobbying effort that was paid off.
0: Oh, looks like he wrote uh, uh, scripts for the 1960s Superman animated show. Good to know that. All right. Uh, what is the question for next week, my friend?
1: Um, I have a weird question.
0: I would love to hear which
1: it. Which is, what is the strangest phone call you've ever received?
0: Nice. Nice. Thank you. What job for you was the most awkward.
1: What was your most awkward job? Yeah. Okay.
0: Because it just reminded me when you said that, it was like uh, being a phone solicitor. Mm-hmm.
2: That
1: was I did that too, uh, you for a very, very, very yeah, short very time, awkward, as you know. I've told that story. Job. One of our most popular episodes with, uh, with Ben. Ben was on the show, Ben Mills. And uh, we, I told the story of when I worked for about a half an hour Good. as a telephone, cold calling telephone huckster for a complete sham, scam, and a fake fake out. Excellent.
0: Here's here's the thing, I'm just I'm getting notes from upstairs. We need to go take people to restaurants.
1: Okay, now. okay,
0: all right. Uh, but as Dave has mentioned, we are doing our uh, question uh, episode, so please write in with your questions. Yes, for episode 550, and uh, we will uh, draw them randomly. The more questions, the more chances you have to win valuable prizes. What sneaky dragon merch? Uh, and we will uh, we'll draw uh, one of them out uh, particularly at the end, and that person will get a shirt of the design of your choice that's right. from our many uh, sneaky dragon shirts.
1: A customized shirt, a mug, a sneaky dragon mug, and some other paraphernalia. How
0: do they contact some buttons, us?
1: Dave? Some buttons, some buttons, some old stickers. And if you write in everyone, everyone who writes in will get a sticker by the way. So yep. that's that's part of the fun too. Is you get a you send us a uh, you send us a question and a little while later you get a you get a sticker in the mail yep. and a thank you from us. So, uh, what do you do, everyone? Well, it's so easy. If you want to leave us a question, I'll start off with that. If you want to send us questions, please send them to our email address. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. The more we get, the merrier I get. So, please send us questions. Don't, don't, whatever you do, do not sweat getting the perfect question. Just send us questions. We will take it and run with it and do whatever we do. You know what what we're like. We're a couple of alcoholics. We can't stop talking. How about you? Can you stop talking? How about if you can't stop talking? How about if you can't stop writing? You can write to us at our website at sneakydragon.com. There you'll find this episode. And underneath it, you'll find space for your comments and answers to this week's questions. Weirdest phone call or strangest phone call and most awkward job. We want to know. We want to hear. And we're on Facebook, Sneaky Dragon. We are also on Twitter at underscore Dragon. Those are all ways to contact us, to like us, to be in our little sphere. And uh, there you go. So thank you for listening this week. We always appreciate your kind attention. And we will make a point of returning next week with more babbling brooks. That's, where, that's our new names. Yeah. Our Miss Babbling Brooks. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>